So starting when when you're starting this whole like you, you, you Wow. Okay. Whoa. That's, yeah, yeah, that was the remix. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so when you're... Uh, <laughs> wind it back. I know. Back to the Big Small Talks podcast. Season two, baby. Season two in this bitch. Season two. Season two. What's good, everybody? What? We got uh, a little... I forget that we have the camera here the for video. this. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. this is that? Patreon now. We got a Patreon now. What's up? If, not OnlyFans. Not OnlyFans. We on Patreon. So if you didn't know, we are not going to put the entire episodes on our YouTube anymore. We're going to specifically use that platform for clips and um like sections and topic matter yeah so like we'll we'll do like clips on there and if you want to watch the entire video episodes you can watch it on our patreon yes sir. so we still have to we're still figuring out the tiers and stuff like that yeah. but you can still listen on spotify yeah, and all, apple yeah all, all that, that stuff's normal all that's gonna be normal but same same deal same you want to watch podcast. us in action right exactly and we're 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 getting better at the film thing. So now we have two cameras. So like that's gonna also like kind of play into it. And now we're getting guests. We have a guest today. Yeah. You want to introduce our guest? Yeah. Yeah. So introduce our guest. Uh, one of the homies that I actually he was a customer. Yeah. Where I was working. Yeah. I guess I could say it, right. Yeah, you can say. Yeah, it. Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was, yeah. when I was working at Starbucks. Uh, <laughs> How does that feel? Good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It feels good to say. Yeah, that I went back in when you used to work at. Starbucks. Yeah. Right. I went back in. They're like, do you miss it? I'm like, they're slammed. Yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. my drink ready yet? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it, I had my time. Like, you yeah. know, it, yeah. but no, so uh, it's uh, my buddy, Justin Conrad. Um, he uh, is a writer, a producer. Um, CEO. CEO. I mean, like this dude's <laughs> done a lot. He has his hands kind of in everything. So yeah. it was really cool to talk to him. Yeah. He has a lot of insight on things. He's, he's definitely not going to be a one-time guest. We're going to have him on. No, he can't be. It's, no. It was just too, it was too fluid of a podcast. It was too good of a conversation where we were like, do we end it now? Because yeah. we had to. Or, we were talking before the podcast. We were talking after the podcast. Yeah, we had a, a, a moment where we all kind of had to pee. So we like had a little mini break. And so we were having like a podcast episode like during our break. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was just, we were literally talking outside right now. Like, you know, yeah. still talking. Freezing cold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like we're super stoked to have him on here. We're so super stoked that he was willing to come out here and, you know, have a conversation with us. We're thankful that he would met you through Starbucks. Like what a cool yeah. story. That's awesome. And I mean, he shared a lot with us about industry stuff, film, poetry, writing, yeah. his up, upbringing. Um, How we got into it. Yeah, yeah just, it's just yeah, it's going to be a really interesting listen. Like, I really recommend listening to the entire episode because there's a lot of little things in there that we just kind of touch bases yeah. on. And then we we kind of have like this where we're kind of saying like we're ending, and then we get to the whole topic of like inspiration stuff like this. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. Then it just goes on again. So yeah, like, yeah. you know, really hang in for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd really recommend listening to the entire episode if you could. He also uh, he picked the song for the the beginning, so it's actually his buddy. Uh, the song's called Los Angeles. It's by Human Offline. Human Offline. So yeah, so we're cool. like getting to support a little, musician too. Little Tron-y, yeah, little, like, very like portery <clears throat> kind of like electronic, yeah, you know, upbeat. Nice little, so. 
Yeah. I, I, I feel like I should be like, like <laughs> dancing or like, I'd be like skating to this, like, yeah. like in my head, yeah, just think I'm going, you know? Yeah. I like Runs. It. Yeah. It'd be good on a run. Ooh. Yeah. A little high. It's yeah. fast speed too. So exactly. you really just yeah. can't, you can't slow down. Yeah. Exactly. yeah I mean, when the song exactly. is going fast, you, you can't stop walk. Yeah. You, you can't stop walking. You have to wait yeah, yeah, till yeah. the song's over. Yeah. 100%. The song's like 18 minutes long. <laughs> It was kind of long. Like, it just yeah. kept, like, looping. Your, in, your intro like, was, but uh, yeah, I wasn't sure how long we were going to go. I was like, damn. <laughs> That's why we started in laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hilarious because he was like, how much of the song are we going to listen to? I was like, the whole thing. And you're like, wait, are you serious? <laughs> it's season two. Yeah, Who season knows two. what's going to happen? Yeah, we have no idea what's going on. Do we on have here. guests lined up coming at least the next five yeah. weeks? Yeah, the next, I think it's like the next five weeks we got some guests and then we'll probably get just us in there, you know, a couple times. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Patreon thing is going to be cool because we're going to actually be independent there. We can do whatever we want. Literally you know, anything. like, yeah. So we want to, it's Patreon. It's like only fans. Literally yeah, we can do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so going to start selling my toes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, really like cute pictures. No, <laughs> uh, no, 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 not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like we're going to, we want to do some like additional content. We want to like, really um use the platform for everything that it can you know be used for and we want to start selling merch and we got a logo now and you know all this kind of stuff is kind of starting to like roll out but because we didn't really get to do a solo episode we wanted to come on here do a little bit of an extended intro before we get into the podcast kind of like re-engage this podcast the way we started you know what i'm saying like we're gonna be going hard here we got people lined up for guests Got a logo. Yeah, getting this Patreon going. I got more time than ever for the podcast now, so yeah. socials should be booming. Yeah, I do not. So please, <laughs> so please. So the socials will be yeah. on on me. I wanted to start doing those brackets again, yeah. things like that. I want to kind of do those, and then obviously we've talked about the Patreon. We want to do like certain like giveaways. We want to do like merch. We want to do like we we want a whole lot of things going for the for the Patreon and stuff like that. So we have a lot of ideas. So we're gonna be asking you guys you know, for engagement again, the way we were like back in the day, not long ago, but like last year, yeah, it was a long time. you know, it's like, we, we really want to hear from you guys. We really want to know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you would like to see, what would you like to hear? Um, if you know anybody, uh, we're also going to be developing our website. So, uh, and we're also going to have this little section on there where it's, um, like guest inquiries. So if you know somebody that you think would be super interesting to be on the podcast, if you think you're interesting to be on the podcast, we're going to have like a little submission area where, you know, you can submit to it. Um, but even if you just know us right now, you know, like reach out to us and, you know, we can, we can set that up. Yeah. But, um, we're super stoked to like have the the studio set up. We got the lights in here kind yeah. of, we're, we're, we're almost ready with those they look pretty good compared they look pretty to cool. they, they when look, you're here yeah when you're, when you're here, here, when you're here. you can't see it because it's only like the the top trim but we're gonna start putting some more um so yeah so we're we're stoked we're we're excited yeah it, it's good it's good uh good time for us right now like yeah. this having our brand what we've done and now like just expanding on it yeah well um, we had a little break you know we had we had some time to have a couple of business meetings over some some drinks and some food we've had some time to like really like home the craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know exactly. I mean? it's, it's exactly. really just get to what we want to do. And before every season, we're going to need to find a vision for that season yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. things we're going to do. So yeah. I think I think it's exciting. Well, and, and this conversation that we just had, you know, is really inspiring on to me at least, just to hear that somebody, you know, sought after something that they really were passionate about and that they yeah. really wanted to do. And it's just super motivating to hear that because it's like, oh, like, you know, there's other people out there that are doing exactly like what we're doing and starting yeah. from you know, ground zero, you know, and, um, and that's 
pretty much what we sought out to do with this podcast anyway, was to uplift people and motivate people and boost other people up. So he did that for us in the sense of like his words of encouragement were like very uplifting in yeah. our situation, you know, cause it's like, man, that's awesome. Just yeah. to, just to hear his testimony. And it makes you feel like, you know, like we could do that. Like, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like that one of those things. It's not like a, Oh, if you could do it's like, no, like someone, you see that story from somebody else and yeah. you're like, like, I want to do that. Like, right. yeah, exactly. it's inspiring. Stuff. Exactly. So, and if you guys like his stuff or, you know, any of our guests on here, if you guys like what they have to say, like support them, like yeah, go 100%. follow them. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're obviously like people, everyone has something to promote. Everyone mm-hmm. has something going on. Like go support them, go give them a follow, you know what yeah. I mean? All that stuff. So we're going to, uh, hook up the links, um, to his website to, it's a production company, right? Yep. City Lights. To, his, to City Lights production company. We're going to link that in the description. We're going to link his socials in there. Um, you know. Give it, give him some support, and you know, shout him out. Let him know if you heard it. You know, yeah. I mean, he was, he was uh, really gracious with his information and his storytelling. I mean, it, it was almost like it was his podcast today. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like we were guests on his podcast. Yeah. You know, which was super, which is, which is awesome. super sick to, yeah. to to have. So, and we're excited to have uh, a couple more people on here. That, you know, for this entire uh, season. So, again, thank you for your patience uh, and waiting on us with this uh, season two. Yeah, thank you for the support continuous support and love we really appreciate it and uh we look forward to going hard this season season, season two, two baby season numero dos the As sequel sequel i wonder how many seasons we're gonna do i mean we gotta go we're going in gotta go hard huh 25 seasons oh trying to like do 75 like Ooh. on our deathbed we're like having a podcast in <laughs> come into my deathbed <laughs> Go blue, go Every, blue. Everything's in pain. Hold on, choose the intro song first. <laughs> everything's pain. <laughs> Just five minutes of a. <laughs> Wait, we got to. <laughs> I die. Just you crying over me, <laughs> like my my podcast partner, my lifelong friend. I won't continue on without you, Charles. I won't continue Lauren's on. Lauren's just there. Producing. We just all of a sudden have a British accent. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing right now. <laughs> Lauren's like, yo, can we do that again? Yeah, the audio's no, not great yo, on that. My bad. I didn't press record. <laughs> Talks perfectly. Can you resuscitate him just so we can get that again on didn't camera? Didn't age at all. <laughs> super perfect. Oh, man. Oh, it's going to be a good season. All right, y'all. Enjoy yo. the episode. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good week. Peace. Cheers. <laughs> It's big small talks with Jockey me and you It's big small talks BS and with the group It's big small talks it's man and points of view It's big small talks It's big small talk India Pale Ale Okay yeah what That's did you so say random. it was? It, he said imperial. No, there's imperial. An imperial pale ale, but I wonder if there is like an I think imperial that's just, pale ale. Like if that's like a a, a beer uh, name. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I thought it was Stone an imperial stout. Out. Isn't don't doesn't imperial they do have, have imperial a stout? St- yes, imperial yes, they stout. Do. Imperial pale ale. That's an imperial ale. Is a pale ale. Okay. Interesting. Have more in common with IPA than pale ale. Okay. Okay. More of a malt profile. All right, that makes more sense then. Interesting. Yeah, I was like, I've never had a normal. Pale yeah, because ale. they're the beyond bitter ones. That's that's what I thought. Like they're they're pretty heavy. A regular pale? No, the imperial pale. Oh, ale. imperial. Okay.
remember trying to stout for the first time, seeing how dark it was, and I was like, oh man, I'm in for a rough ride. And it's like super smooth. Stouts actually aren't as dark as you think. Like they're yeah. thick, but like hold them up to the light. They're 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 just like they're like uh, intimidating when you first get it, and you're yeah. like you're like this is my beer. They're like yeah, you're like it's black. It looks like a cold brew. Well, when you get, even when like you get it, the but, yeah. like the bottle Jameson, or not the the bottle Guinness, yeah, yeah, that's like a good bridge because then it's like, oh, I could do this. Yeah, yeah. It's, really, it's really smooth. And it's Guinness, really not bad. what that's what I like about Guinness is that like it looks heavy, but like hold it up to the sun, it's ruby red. It shines right through. Yeah, and it shows you that like Guinness is technically a light beer, but it's like like what you were saying, the gateway stout. It's yeah. like that one. Yeah. It's like okay, I can get into this. Supposedly, when you go to what is it in Ireland or Scotland? Ireland. The, Ireland, right? Yeah. Supposedly, like, when you go to Ireland and they show you how to, like, pour it and everything like that, it's, like, the best-tasting stout, like, ever. Like, because supposedly, like, when they, like, uh, ship it out and all that kind of stuff, like, it just kind of ruins, like, the flavor. But, yeah. like, if you get it over there from the motherland, like, it's just well, super, it's, super it's good. it's the freshest you can get it. Right. So, I mean. Have you been? I've not. I've okay. had many friends and family go. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, exactly. you kind of sounded like, I was like, oh. Was, no, no, the closest I've ever had is when they released the 250th anniversary, best beer I've ever had. Like, really? And it was so crisp. And it was at a tasting. I did this BJ's pairing tasting years ago when they released it. And they're like, oh, we got a surprise. You know, this is the this is going to be out on the market in like a month, but you guys get to try it here first. And I tasted them like, there's no effing oh. way. This is so good. Like, yeah, yeah, I want this now. And they're like, sorry, you got to wait a month. <laughs> uh, I I filled my the fridge in my apartment for like three months with that stuff. Like the whole fridge was just that. Not a joke. It's uh, so good. Damn. Yeah, I, I know in Ireland they say it's it. It's either Guinness or Jameson. One of them have like the tallest building in Ireland because Ireland's supposedly very flat. So either the, the distillery or the brewery. I want to like say building. I want to say it's Guinness. Is it Guinness? I mean, you said the tallest <laughs> building. The t- yeah, it's like one of the tallest buildings where you can actually see, you know, over uh, tallest Ireland. building in Ireland, please. The Obel Tower. Oh, dude, you're off. Uh, Am I completely? Off? <laughs> I mean, that's in Belfast. I mean, do they brew in the Obel Tower? Let's look up <laughs> specifically Jameson yeah. Building. Jameson Building height. I would want to do that. I feel like I'm like I. I the would distillery. like to get this one, but I like I would want to try that. I did the distillery in um in uh, Tennessee for um, Jack Daniels. Okay, that was a pretty that was a pretty cool distillery. It was like it's yeah. it's like literally like a pot of land, and like they have like a bunch of different like spaces. So like you walk around, it's like, and you can take like four or five different tours. Okay, and oh, that's um, cool. It's pretty tight, but I was. But, the, uh, but I, I, was I feel sick. like at the end of the day, they're like, it, "This is our Jack." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's no, no." But but they have like really good. I mean, their gentleman Jack's pretty good, but and that's not even that's like top I, sh- and that's not even top shelf. For them. Do they, they actually ha- have like like really like oh they have like really good like isn't I did a like flight. the single barrel higher than gentlemen's like yeah, they yeah, go yeah. Uh, they go up there yeah oh, they have really? like really expensive okay. like yeah, I yeah thought, top, I top tier Jack was just you know no 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 I no, I would no, no. I would definitely agree that Jack Daniels just you know your bottom of the barrel Jack Daniels is just trash yeah. I, I I do not like it but. I feel you like know. it's everyone's like like you're saying like the gateway thing like it's kind of everyone's starter like well because it's Jack really, and Coke is like the easiest thing to the, get when you're 21. That's and the you don't thing. Know it's super do. nice with Coke. Like yeah. it has like a really well rounded flavor once you add that Coke in there because that like burning sensation that you get just yeah. just straight well, it's like, non-existent with the Coke. It kind of like oh sure it muddles it. it yeah, yeah exactly. So you're like oh this is it's just so much sugar. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like everyone's like like I don't know for me at least it's like when you're 21 you go to a bar it's a little intimidating. So like the only thing you know is like oh Jack and Coke make it easy. Because if not, they're kind of looking Give at you. They're, they're super busy. It took you five minutes to get the guy's like attention. So you're like, just by that jack- point, just you yeah, better know. I don't even care anymore. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you have anxiety about ordering different types of beers too back in the day? 
Yeah. Like when you just had no idea they're what they like, were. They're like, oh, we have, uh, what, do they say? what do they say? We have like imported or domestic. And I was like, uh-huh. Coors mm-hmm. please. Okay. Jack Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have it's no clue what you're saying to me right now. Yeah. Straight up. So. We should probably introduce you. Yeah. Probably, probably a good idea. We can do that. Yeah. Let's, why don't you do it since uh, you brought him in here? So, uh, <laughs> everybody, this is my boy, Justin, Justin, right here. How's it going? He is a, so what are we, just writer? Is that I'd straight say just up? writer across writer, the board, yeah. Soon to be producer? Producer? It's um, actual producer now, yeah. Actual, yeah. And a CEO. Ooh. Dude. Going crazy. Yeah, we got Your the, LinkedIn we, is just going up. <laughs> I know, right? No, we got the we got the business account and all that's done the other day. And my my one of my best friends who I created this with, he goes, he goes, look at that man, CEOs and chairmen. I was like, oh, that's funny. He goes, no, it's not. You're a CEO now. Like, yeah, yeah, you're like, no, you guys own that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, straight up. Dang, nice. yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right, dude. That feels so good. So, what are you a CEO of? Um, it's a production company, uh, City Light Studios, that I started with one of my best friends, Seth. Um, shout out, Seth. Yeah, I know. Shout out, Seth. Um, Seth knows he's going to listen to this yeah. for sure. <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, we we wanted to put out, uh, make movies and TV shows. Mm. I've been writing them forever. Cool. And Seth, he comes from a different background. He's social media marketing business world, and he's phenomenal in that. He works for Curio. Like, they're just, he's massive um, in what they do. And they are just business-minded social media, just so good at what they do. And he's yeah. always talked about, we've played with the idea of like, oh, let's just start a production company and make our own stuff. And, and do then, it ourselves. Literally, like, just over two months ago, we were driving out to Coachella to see uh, to go to my uncle's bar, and he goes, "Hey man, so what would you think about pulling the trigger on this?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course." I told you any day. He goes, "No, I mean like now, like <laughs> today. Let's yeah. start it." And I went, "Yeah, let's do it." And we both like got on the phone and started like hitting up people we know about, s- setting up meetings to just talk to people, pick their brains, like what what can we do next? How can we make this work? And within an hour, we had three meetings, mm. and it was like, "Okay, let's see where this goes." And yeah. two months later, now we got. A website freaking we have business accounts we're making a movie and we have a tv show out there so i mean nice. oh nice things are moving like light speed super quick i didn't realize huh? you guys had already gotten the tv show and a movie going i know you had said you had meetings with other so other production companies right yeah so what we did at first is we just went around and like we we wanted to talk to people that we knew or friends of friends like people that just wanted to anything we could help just because i come from the writing side and i've like i've been on I've been on, you know, worked on many sets, many things, but, like, I've never done the production side. I've just right. never really... I mean, it's fun, but just never cared for it. Yeah. And so we kind of just wanted to pick the brains of producers we knew, friends we knew of just what we needed to know, what we could go over. And from there, it was like, okay, well, what, what scripts do you guys have? You know, which is ironic because trying to get your scripts to production companies and studios when you're independent or just starting is, like, the worst thing in the world. It's... you, Your chances are just so small but i mean you gotta yeah. keep doing it but now that like there's a company these people are coming to you now like mm. oh what do you got what stories so let's read them and, and mm. it just started there and then over the course of like a month like people have just been so accommodating they're like oh we love this we want to make this how would you guys think about us helping you with this and gotcha. so it's gotten wow. to the point of now we're scouting directors and talking to directors and different people to make the first uh a feature i wrote like 10 years ago mm. um and then we have another tv show i wrote with one of my best friends that we're also moving forward on developing Nice. Yeah. That's like a, a series? Yes. Nice. Awesome. So so for 
So if you have a production company for, let's say, like crews and everything like that, do you outsource that or are you looking to like hire like in-house people so that you already have videographers and you already have like PAs like kind of set up or like does that kind of come along later on with the projects? Does that make sense? So a lot of that is especially when you get to the unions, which is a huge strike going on right now. I don't Mm. know if you guys know about that. That's just like which well, I mean, they deserve more money, but. That aside, there's a lot of um, each project can has different people. Mm. Um, you can obviously have as, as a production company, you can have like you know a production supervisor, like you know your your main people that you keep on every project. Yeah, your mm-hmm. core. I mean, and yeah, you can have your core. I mean, <laughs> yeah. obviously, if like, and we have reached out to many people um, in many positions to work with us. But mm. once we start, like you know, you get your director, your DP, like you know, your, all your people on set. And if they work for that film, obviously, yeah, if they're available for the next TV series or the next film you're doing, you want to. You know, bring back people that were good at their job yeah, and that you, know you like works. to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's 100%. way better. It's like keeps cohesion. Exactly. It's yeah. like we'll gladly pay you if it means that we can. Yeah. If you guys are going to be good to work with and right. also like good right. at your job. Right. Yeah. But usually, it's yeah, it is. You have to go about each project as a different crew and different in that regard, just because that's usually how it ends up going. Cause there are some people that only work TV, only work film, and then there are some that have projects booked. You know after our project done, they have three ahead of them before mm. they could even come back and help us. So like, right. it depends on the position and the yeah. crew. It's a case by case situation. It right? really yeah. is. But we've been building that, which has kind of been kind of interesting right. to kind of like, you build your contact list. Oh, completely. Yeah. And I've had that for just with everybody I've met over the years of doing this. So right. that's been cool. But then like who, who Seth knows as well. And then like you build that network mm. for years and yeah. it's panning out because then you get to hire people once again and work with people that you know and like, and not just like random people that, Right. Can ruin yeah. a, can ruin a creative flow. Well, and then you're probably you know this is probably going to be years down the line or whatever, but I'm sure it'll happen too. Now you'll be able to kind of give back and give people those opportunities and shots. You know, when you have that credibility of like, well, you're a young writer or you're a young you know whatever, but you know like I like what you've done in school, and so like, yeah, we'll give you a shot. So you kind of give that you have that ability of giving somebody their shot too. You know what I'm saying? Of course. So like, and then you might get the next, you know, big thing too. So like, well, that's there? important. I always believe in paying it back. Like yeah. that reciprocation. Like if, I mean, there are people that have helped me and like mm. when you, you know, give that back and you help mm-hmm. in any way you can, or even give people pointers or just like, Hey, if you're trying to do this, like this is what worked for me. Maybe you try this or just those small, that little small piece of encouragement can help so mm. much, especially in an industry that's so cutthroat. Like, yeah, 100%. Well, like, uh, sorry to interrupt. I, I feel like the good thing too with you is like because you came from the writer background, I feel like you have a better sense of like what's going on with that stuff and you could probably have more pay like you'll give people more like chances or something like that if you see the potential and like, oh, of course the writer, you know what I mean? Where maybe a producer who doesn't have that background might not, you know. Well, so. and there are a lot of producers, yeah, that are just like and if you don't I mean, sure, you can see talent, you can see potential, and that's important to develop. But there are a lot of producers and people out there that are just if if it's not ready to go, like I don't have the time for it, and which mm. is understandable. I mean, yeah. everybody's busy, but yes, completely. Like you got to help develop the generation that's going to come next too, yeah, right. because I mean, you want to make sure that it's being nurtured properly. Right. That's the best way to put it. How did you? What? When was your first kind of like? This is what I want to do, or maybe you showed interest in it. You know, when you were younger. How How old are you now? Right now? Uh, thirty four. Thirty four. So I mean, how, when when did you first start like getting into this? Um, screenwriting was 12 years ago now. Okay. Um, but I've been writing my whole life. I like, my mom was a poet and then my Mm. grandpa has written some books. Mm. Like, 
when I was younger, I used to just write naturally. Like I was the kid that would like write a 10 page paper like the day before I was doing it an A on it. Yeah. Like nice. I can knock it out in two hours. Like it was just yeah. always came easy to me. And I love that. Do you like but, when you, when you go through that process, are you like free writing? You just pretty much typing or are you like writing by hand? Like what, like what, what was your process back in the day? Back in the day it was always by hand. By hand. Like even typewriters, like yeah. and computers, I was always against them. I'm just like, uh, no, you got to like pick up a pen, pick up, the, yeah, you got to <laughs> feel it all. And then when you you realize very quickly that that's not realistic, especially when you're writing scripts. Time I mean, management and stuff. It's exactly, exactly. Cause you got to write it down one way and then you got to retype it another and it's not, but I yep. used to do that when I was in bands and I was younger and I used to write all the music for it. And so like I write all everything freehand, mm. like write all, I have probably, I don't know, like three or 400 songs that are just never seen the light of day that I'm just sitting here going like, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to write these because of what I was going through as it was a teenager. Pra- and it was stuff. practice. You know? It was. You, you yeah. look at that as like your stepping stones to get to the point that you. And if you really wanted to, you could probably go back on those now and like get some inspiration. You know oh, what I'm saying? It's, it's funny because when I recently moved, I went, I found some of them and uh, I'm looking at them and it's hilarious how you look back at your younger self and you're yeah. just like, oh, wow, this is so good. And other yeah. stuff is like, wow, this is just garbage. <laughs> like, why did <laughs> I think up, this was so good? Up. I totally know that. Yeah, feeling. you're like writing it down in, t- in the moment. You're like, uh-huh. this is fire. So good. <laughs> yeah. go but that's, to- I mean, you know, like on my Instagram, it's just like all this poetry I've, yeah. I, that I've write. And that stuff I still do freehand. But like, the, the, with, even with the poetry, like I'll go back to a poem I wrote like three, three or four or five years ago and I'll go like, this is like, I know what I was going through when I wrote it, yeah. but like, this sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally, I totally have that understanding because I, I was recently going through our garage and just going through my old like uh, bins and stuff like that. And I came across some notebooks and because I've been journaling since like a little kid, like our mom used to make us like journal just so like I would just and write. And that's such a great thing to do. Yeah. I'm super thankful that I did do that because like it's, it's just funny like, like reading my five-year-old self's like handwriting and like I did, I still don't know how to spell, <laughs> you know, yeah. now today. So like that's not changed, but like um looking back and like just trying like what the heck was I trying to write? And like I was very just like specific, like today I woke up and then today I went to the bathroom and then like, like not really journaling, just like a play-by-play of my yeah. day, you know? <laughs> But it's like it was an exercise, you know, because like now when I write in my phone, it's like it's very fluid. I'm kind of the same way. I just free free write like I can bust out essays like that. Yeah, I I enjoy it, you know, and then I go back and I'll edit it if I need to. But really, it's like I just try to get it all out one try. And then because if I notice that I like think about it too much, like it just kind of dissipates into air. And like I, I lost the inspiration and the emotion that I was feeling in that moment. And then I went back to it and it's like. I don't really feel like doing this anymore. Well, know? that's why when you have a great idea, don't tell somebody, write it down first. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, the, the idea of that's when, you, when you're, you're excited about it, you tell somebody and then all that passion and that mm. first burst comes out. And yeah. if that reaction isn't exactly what you were looking for, isn't mm. matched, mm-hmm. it, you just don't feel that confidence in it anymore. And it just like that's like, oh, am I going to – even when I write this down, why would I care to now? And it's mm. – so if you write it down first, you can – Go back to it, revisit it, and be like, okay, I like this when I wrote it down. Whether I tell somebody about this or not, now I can build off this. Mm. Is that there we go. So is that something you do like daily? Like in your daily life, you'll be like at the grocery store and it's like you think of something, you're like, I need to write this down like right now. Yeah, like the notes in my happen? phone are crazy just okay. because I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I had to just because years ago I would I would be like, Oh, that's a laying in bed at night. That's a really good idea. I'll have to write that down. Wake up the next morning, completely forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I just write all of it down in my notes just yeah. because and you go back and you just revisit it's like okay this works or i mm. revisited it two days later it's like that was a terrible idea but in the moment it was like this could something that could have worked right so let's get it out and then i can review it yeah okay are you organized in your notes or is it like organized chaos um i like to go with organized chaos yeah Solid. that's yeah. that's one of those things that i'm not your typical screenwriter there's a lot of them out there 
a lot of us, sorry, that will go out and write like a beat for beat sheet of like breaking down the story and the characters and what they want it to look like and what every scene's going to be like before they even write a single word. And that's fine mm-hmm. to each their own. Everybody's process is different, but I'm right. just like, Oh, I have this idea. Okay. Fade in. Boom. Let's try this. Mm. And I'll just write. Mm. And then after that, and I mean, there is certain things that you get hired for that you do have to, you know, do things differently, but like, that's my process. Cause then you get it all out, you write it and then you go back through and edit it. Cause I mean, you're going to have to rewrite it anyway. Like, a script is first draft is not going to be your only draft. Like right. you're probably going to do about 20 or 30 drafts of it. But what's going to happen is that it gets better because you have now have that foundation out there. And it's like, okay, I know what I did with this. I like this. I don't like this. This doesn't work because of this. And mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So that, that, and we've talked about it um, before, but that process must be so different when it's a writing room instead of like you just writing something by yourself, right? Because now it's like you really liked this or you didn't like this, but somebody else has a different opinion. And, and what is that like process like? How is that different? Um, that comes down to, I mean, you want differing opinions because, you know, when you're writing a story, there are many different characters and those characters have different voices. So obviously having differing opinions helps. It's amazing. It's when you can work together with them that makes it even better. Right. Because that cohesiveness, trying to be kind, could <laughs> uh, could make the story so much better. And it, it helps with... Um, with pushing characters to limits that you wouldn't think to do. Like you might say, Oh, what if this character did this and somebody might bounce something else off that and it builds off of it. Mm-hmm. Now in a writer's room, there's also people that just like to see things their way and are not open to new ideas. And you know, that hurt can hurt too, because they might be a genius and the whole writer's room might be wrong. It's rare, but, but for the most part, when everybody's working together on something, it's going to become a better project and it's going to become a better story. Yeah. But no, it could be a lot more difficult because, I mean, it's like, you know, when there's more cooks in the kitchen, right? Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, you guys got to work together on that and mm-hmm. try and create a better story. And sometimes it just doesn't work yeah. out. Yeah. Like I've stopped – well, I've developed te- television series and worked on like the pilot and the whole series and then just stopped. They are dead in the water. Mm. They will never move forward because the people I wrote them with or I have worked with are just – they – we don't agree on things or it's just something that will just – it's we can't agree on this to move forward. It's yeah. just the story. So the story is halted forever, and that sucks. But it that's happens. part of it. I mean, from a like a musician's perspective, you know, I think about like songwriting. You know, there's tons of songs that I have on my computer, and they're good. They're good ideas. You know, there's elements in there that are just like super, super solid. But just kind of like you know, in that writer's room, kind of like you're saying, where there's it just kind of like gets lost, and you just can't move forward with it. Like I'll go back to projects, and just like there's just nothing there to like continue to finish it on. So I kind of waste my time going back to it, and it's better if I just continue on moving into like something else. You know what I'm saying? And you kind of got to use that uh, for what it was. So it was practice, it was experience. You know, you learn something. There's definitely obviously something that you learn every single time you go through those processes. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's similar in that realm of creativity. You know, when you have help, when you don't have help, you just got to look at those as like building blocks, you know? Oh, for sure. For your career. And that's, I mean, that's, I always joke about failing upward because that's how you learn like what works, what doesn't. And like, okay, well this sucks, but now I know what not to do, you know, in this scene or the situation or for a song, like Mm -hmm. for that next time. Do you ever reuse? So say you shelved an idea but there was elements from that idea that were just like really solid that you were like in love with. Do you ever pull those ideas and concept concepts and remix them into something else and put them into a newer project? 
Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that happens all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. I've written like over 50 scripts and then I have like hundreds of ideas. I mean, that doesn't mean they're all good, but it right. still is like you will take some and there are some scripts I've written. I can tell you that will never see the light of day just mm-hmm. because at the time of writing them, they were either an exercise or I thought they were good. And now you look back, it's like it's been done before. Something similar has mm-hmm. been done. It just So it's nice because you can look at something like that and go, okay, well, this scene could work in this new this new TV show I'm working on or mm-hmm. this new movie or whatever. So I'm going to use this scene or their line of dialogue or part of this concept for it because that script is never going to be used mm-hmm. and it's going to sit anyway. So why not use it? Yeah. Yeah. So starting when, when you're starting this whole like you, you, you Wow. Okay. Whoa. That's, yeah, yeah, that was the remix. Right. <laughs> okay, so when you're uh, <laughs> wind it back. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when you're becoming a writer and stuff, like how does how did you start? Like what was like your first break? Like how like how did that like what was your journey like basically? So um I spent five years kind of tinkering with the idea of like, oh, maybe I should write a script. This is when I was working in the movie theater. Okay. I wanted to like write one about working in a movie theater, right? And I ended up it's called Ushers, and it was the first script I ever wrote. And it's like Clerks at a movie theater. It's super funny and stupid, but it works. And right. it took me a long time to write it. And the only reason why I did actually is because I was going through a breakup. And at the time, we've talked about this. My yeah. uh, my girlfriend at the time um, of five years we were living together uh, started cheating on me with my best friend. And then mm. I was just like – had. With all this time on my hands, and I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to sit and write this script and not think yeah. about this. <laughs> and like a month later, I had this first script, and I was just like, yes this is the best thing ever. I had my sister who was in film school at the time read it. And she goes, I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you, but this is awful. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, uh, she's seriously is one of the people I can trust to read anything. And she will tell me the truth. Yeah. And it's gotten better, but in the beginning stages, any script, there are some friends, which I love them, but they'd read it and be like, this is the best thing ever. So good. And stuff like that. It's like, it's the worst thing. It is because you know, it enables you to, you know, sure. It builds your confidence, your ego, but at the same time, you're like, you're not really telling I, the truth. I guess it's relative, though, because if somebody did read it who, like, say they didn't have any experience with, like, reading a script and they're just thinking, like, oh, like, this is actually, like, a full body of work. He wrote it. It's his original idea and, like, good for him. They probably could honestly say, like, this is, like, really good. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, sure. And so, like, you could – I mean, there's that. But it's good to have your sister – who has credibility, who has been in the industry and could lay it down for you, like, you know, tr- truthfully. You sure you, know? you want that constructive criticism? Yeah. I'd much rather somebody. Me too. And now it's it's sad because I've gotten to the point, like, if I get notes on a script, whether from the studio, another company, whatever, I'm not even like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Oh, great. Okay, what did you not like? Mm-hmm. Because then I know what to fix and where I need to go from there. So when somebody's like, we loved every bit of it. There's nothing we want you to change. It's like you have to take a second to go, are, are you sure about that? Yeah. So they hated it's, it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird, but you're right. There is credibility yeah. and there is there is the difference of somebody just genuinely being happy for you that cares about you, which I love. Like yeah. that's that support has been immense over the years, which yeah. I appreciate. But there's also, you know, when somebody reads it, like one of my best friends, he'll, I remember he read a script one time and he ripped me apart. Mm-hmm. Like he, I wrote this horror script years ago about something that went down. Long story about there. But anyway, and he goes, uh, and he reads the whole thing and he calls me. He goes, what the F is wrong with you? And I'm like, what What do you mean? He goes, this script is fantastic. And then that last page, that ending was crap. How dare you? He goes, as a horror fan, this is insulting. Like, like who told you to do this? Because I, I've yeah. never told you to write something like this. Like, yeah. this is crap. Like, yeah. why would you even go that route? Yeah. And it was one of those things where I'm like, 
he was right. Like yeah. in the, at the end of the day, like I reread it, I'm like, well, he's right. Like that's yeah. stupid. And yes, that was only one page, but still at the end of the day, like he loved it so much that that one piece didn't work for him that he called, he was furious. I mean, at least he's passionate about oh, it. Of course. But yeah, that's you're like, inspiring okay, cool, too. He's in it. Yeah. yeah right. But I'm like, okay, he got into this. That's, yeah. Isn't that common though with horror films? I mean, the, There's the, a lot of horror the movie will, ending the, just... yeah, the movie will be super, super good. And then you're just like, it, it just ends. Did, have you seen Squid Game yet? I have not. Have you, have you seen it? So good. I won't, you know, I don't want to give it away, but just for how good it was, to me personally, the ending was just like, what? Like, you know, you go through this kind of journey thing, and I, I don't know how. It was okay. I you did? Was, like, I, I got what they were doing. You did? I've seen way worse horror horror movies. Well, but, but they have like just a whole, like, like one for me, like, I, I thought the Purge concept when it first came out was like, dude, this concept's crazy. The first one. Yeah. The first one was... And yeah, I feel like... Yeah. The ex- well, that's with all the Purge movies. I feel like execution's always just horrible for me. But like the... Um, but yeah, I was just... I remember, I think... Is that is it the first one where they're just like sitting in, in a, on a table at a table and like it, it just to end the Purge? That's the one that's with Ethan Hawke, right? Yeah. And I'm like... This is what we're doing. Yeah, that's this how you the end ending. It? Is we're just sitting at a table. To well, like... horror horror is different because they go for ambiguity. They try and go for the scare. Like sometimes it's the final jump scare before the credits, which it's very eighties, and we yeah, get it. Right. But like also, there's you have the ambiguity of like what happened. We're leaving you in the dark, and they're, right. that's like, okay. Yeah. But then there's also like the realistic part of things where like you know you don't always get a happy ending, and that's right. cool too. Yeah, I, I actually like. I would not like that ending. more often in horror films where it's like oh like. That that's crazy. Like that's definitely not the happy ending. Squid Game like, ends, ends in kind of ambiguity a little bit because you're like, oh, what it is could, does it do? leave it open for like a second season? Yes, or is yeah, it, just it like, definitely oh, does that. Okay, okay. it definitely does that. But and I'm not and I'm not disagreeing that that's not what they should have done. Right? Like if that's what they wanted to do, then you know do that. However, you had this really good show, and then to it, it would it just seemed lazy. Oh, you know what I'm saying? No, I know okay. those. There's a okay. difference between laziness and ambiguity, yeah, though. Yeah. And I get into this with one of my one of my best friends is a film critic, and we get into this all the time because he's like, he loves ambiguity, uh-huh. and I respect ambiguity, but there is a difference between telling a story to completion, and there's a difference between telling a story and being like, ooh, I'm just gonna let you. Yeah. guess what the ending should be it's like no yeah. do your effing job and finish the story <laughs> yeah 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 right like, exactly there's, that's not <laughs> or even open to metaphor or even leave it if you wanted it to be ambiguous leave it like with three options do you know what I'm saying it's like because then there's like oh like they're thinking you know it either could have been this this or this exactly and it's like well this is why it would be this no and then you can have the 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 whole audience kind of discuss it you know well, what I'm saying well it leaves it open for that narrative exactly of what it could have been this is why right. I mean one of my favorite shows of all time is How I Met Your Mother and it, that ending is yeah. something that people either love or hate yeah. but love it or hate it people are still talking about that ending today yeah. yeah and that's the idea of it's like yeah those characters grew out of it but at the end of the day like we're all still talking about it yeah, because yeah, yeah. of yeah. W- how much we of, of it we either did, liked or didn't like or what it meant and didn't mean like and and okay so i love that show too and i i use like that's one of the shows that i'll like re-watch it's not on netflix anymore but i know nah, hulu and amazon prime okay yep. oh, good to know but, like, I would literally, like, watch that show, like, over and over again. Like, I pretty much, like, wouldn't stop watching that show because, like, I would just fall asleep to it because it was just, it just made me happy to, like, end my night that way. Just put it on. It's an easy watch. You know, there would be some episodes where, like, I'd want to watch the whole thing. There would be some where I'd be able to fall asleep to and stuff. And for me, I just, like, for that for that show to end the way it did, I don't really understand how they could have done it any other way without, like, I like – I don't think it could have like, worked. Like, any are, other you saying, way. are you saying like him ending up with the mom was too easy? No, like no, no, no. Like I, I, I think that the way they did it was like, like with him having like a, a separate mom that was not Robin, and then you know it 
being like, oh, like get them together at the very end there. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, like cool. Like I think that was like a decent way because everybody wanted him to get together with Robin, right? Like that was like the whole like thing. They did. And yeah. the idea is that Carter Bates and Craig Thomas knew, like the creators knew right away. Like yeah, they wanted we that. Wa- we're writing this because he's telling the story because the mom died. Yeah. He's telling his kids. And that was their whole thing. And that's why yeah. in first season, like they, they thought they was going to get canceled and Victoria was going to be the mom. Yeah. And then they thought we were going to get canceled season three. And um, um, why did uh, <laughs> Chalk's character, Emily Chalk's character. I can't think of her name. Stella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Stella. Stella. yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. She was going to be the mom, which, by the way, Britney Spears saved How I Met Your Mother. Quick, quick hilarious. Yeah, when yeah, Britney yeah. Spears wanted to guest yeah. star on it, the she ratings a shot ratings, through the roof. Right? It was on the verge of being canceled. They yeah. were actually like, this is your last season. Really? Stella was going to be the mom. That little like ring that he gave her at the end of season three, that was going to be it. And Britney Spears' ratings saved the show. What an interesting concept well, to have like a show where they're writing it as it's going along. And correct me if I'm like just ignorant but does that happen frequently where it's like they're pretty much writing it as it goes along to where it's like well it might get canceled or we might get like picked up for another season so that that's network tv network tv is very different because you do approach it with like this is what we want to do with the season as your overall arc right and this is how we're going to go about it and there, I mean, you either know, like with networks, they're going to be like, okay, well, you have 13 episodes a season. So that's your season, which a normal network season, depending on the show, is about 22 to 24 episodes. Mm. So if you get 13 episodes, that's what you have to work with. And so the first six episodes are the what they planned on. And then the next six or seven are going to be kind of filler and let's try and fit in as much story that we're not going to get to. Mm. And then by about the seven or eight episode mark, you'll find out if you're going to get ordered for another seven episodes to finish out the season. Then wow. it's like, okay, now we can like, you know, really let lay this it. out and really go for it. And How I Met Your Mother for the first three seasons was like that. And it was very back and yeah, forth. Yeah, you, can't, you and then, can't plan 10 seasons if you're exactly. not Exactly. Right. So huh. after, one with the whole Stella thing, once and Britney Spears came on and all that, and that shot it through the roof. So once season three ended, they were like, okay, you're renewed for f- another two seasons, you're renewed for another two seasons, and it kept mm, going. Okay. And the only reason why I think the people dislike that ending so much is because of how season nine played out. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because... Um, uh, Jason, who plays Marshall, didn't. Jason Siegel didn't want to come he, back. That was right. say, yeah, yeah, that was, an, that was like that an eleventh hour decision, and yeah. so they wrote the season without him in it. Mm. They were going to go with it, through with it without Marshall there, mm. and then he decided to. That's why they have the whole thing with Marshall him. versus the machine, yeah, and, like, all, and all that, himself. right? Yeah. Because mm. it was filmed all separately. Nice. And I think that was, that's the biggest problem that most people have is the execution. It's just like you guys spend like twenty two episodes on one weekend of Barney and Robin's wedding, and then twenty minutes into the finale, they divorce. Like, yeah, yeah. That could have been written, executed yeah. much better. Yeah. But, I mean. Yeah, but, you know, and it's like from an outsider's perspective, you can have all that criticism all you want. But, you know, when you're in the writer's room and you're like, you don't know if you're going to even have a season this exactly. year. You don't know who's coming back. Like, That's you know, it's like yeah. It is. And it, you got to – there's a lot of variables to work with too. Sure. <laughs> and with How I Met Your Mother, I don't think that they're – I mean, Carter Bays and Craig Thomas, I think – they wanted to that was their original ending was that ted was going to end up with rob and that's what they wanted Mm -hmm. and i think the characters really did grow out of that and i mean you're right in what you said earlier like there isn't really an ending there like even if the show ends with with ted saying and that kid is how i met your mother Mm -hmm. and then the show ends which so many people said that's how it should have ended it's like no that's expected yeah that would have been really expected that would would have been like okay yeah yeah i know and people i think would have been even more angry about that i i I guess it's more surprising whether you liked it a lot. The surprising part of it, like that wow factor of like, oh wait, like he's actually going to go get Robin or something like that. Like yeah. that's what sticks with you. Oh, yeah. completely. Yeah. And he shows up with the blue French horn, and you're kind of like, okay, this makes sense now. Yeah, like, right. I mean, it all, it, it's yeah. little, ties, too little, too late. Either. But like everybody got their happy ending. Like Ted got his mom. He got his kids that Robin never wanted. And like Robin didn't want kids. She got to travel the world. She finally settled down. 
Ted lost the mom and has given it just enough time. So like, yeah. they get their happy ending. Yeah, everybody does. And yeah. the kids wanted Ro- him to go get Robin. You know? Yeah, they, and, they literally like go get Robin. You know, it's like and so it's even like, Barney. Like Barney, like always wanted something to make him feel like a family. Like yeah. after what his dad did to him, and what happens? He gets a freaking daughter. Like yeah. the one thing to teach him to not be what he always was. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Damn. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I really, I really yeah. like that show. But I really, no, it's, it's one of my yeah, favorites for a yeah, reason. I, I really to me, like it's, it's, I know everybody compares it to Friends because there wouldn't be a How I Met Your Mother without Friends. Mm-hmm. And I love Friends, don't get me wrong, but yeah. How I Met Your Mother did everything right that Friends did wrong. Mm. Like, that's why I think that it's just a better show. Because do, do you think that, do you think <sighs> nice. that you have a bias of that because of your, your upbringing with How I Met Your Mother and not with Friends? Or would you say that you were kind of, did you watch Friends when it was coming out and stuff? No, um, no. off and on. I was yeah. never like a dire Friends fan. Okay. I was, it was off and on. Um, I actually didn't binge Friends for the first time until like six years ago. Mm. And they put it on Netflix, I think. And yeah, then I just yeah, went yeah. like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go I, for this. Yeah, that's where I did it too. Same, yeah. And it, look. It's good. It's, yeah, it is good. There's a lot of things they do well, like writing wise. The thing with Friends that was really weird is that they did a lot of things that are great and innovative. And they did a lot of terrible things too. But, but what. As the show progressed, they started listening to the fans and like, oh, what, what do you think the fans would want? Let's mm-hmm. go with the fans. And that's cool and all, but like, that's what, that look what happened with Game of Thrones for doing that. Like, it's the I, idea okay, of Okay, so when you were talking, sorry, don't interrupt, but when you are talking about a show you like with the ending, I thought you were going to bring up Game of Thrones. Okay. I thought that's where you are going to go. I have to use, I have to use the rest real yeah, quick. Do I want to talk about Game of Thrones. Do you think? Okay, pause. Right, okay. We'll pause it. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, we'll do a little. Right, so, okay, wait. So before we before we all took a pee pee break, we were, yeah, talking, we were talking about, about we were, how I met your mother, friends, and the things that friends did wrong. And once we got into that, things that friends well, did wrong, poor, we were getting poor yeah, endings. Yeah, we were we, we were talking Game about Game of Thrones because oh, that's where I thought he was going to go when he said, "Did you talk about endings and a show he really liked?" Because I know him and I have talked a little bit about Game of Thrones, uh-huh. and. I don't know. You, yeah, well, you Game said of Thrones. Things, what, the, what the thing was there is that they didn't have the source material. I get it. George R. R. Martin has been writing those books forever, and he's gotten off on it, which I get. Like, I didn't realize the first book was like 1994. Uh, 94, 95, yeah. Yeah, like that's, that's like an old story. I was oh, like, yeah, Game of Thrones. I mean, he wrote the first, I think, four books in like the first like seven or eight years, and then it's, no, been, it's just been... Yeah. I have a theory that he's actually like unsure of it almost. The fact that like he wants HBO to like to like execute it and then see how the reception is and then do it. Well, see, it's it's funny you say that because he's come out and said that the, with the, what the stories he has left, HBO could have done 10 seasons of game of Thrones and it would have, it wouldn't even have told the whole story because brand, or can we say spoilers here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand ending up on the throne. He said that wasn't even the end of the story. Mm. Like to him, like he said, I have another three seasons. And the only reason why we're still not getting more Game of Thrones now, besides, of course, the prequel is because the creators got their Star Wars trilogy and said, peace, like, we don't want to do this. This is why we're going to do a crappy send off. And then they lost it because Kathleen Kennedy sucks and they have credit differences. (laughs) Sorry, not trying to be rude, but Kathleen Kennedy really (laughs) does suck. Like she is just tearing Star Wars apart. That's a whole nother. But anyway. Wait, so, is, that, is that the like the creative like director for Star Wars? Right yeah, now? she's she worked with Lucasfilm for years okay. um, with George Lucas, and when when it got sold to Disney, she kind of like was part of the transition of bringing it over, and which is great. Like she helped shelter in you know Force Awakens and Rogue One. She did some good things in the beginning, and then she just started making creative decisions that just took the whole series. And I'm not even going to say in a politically correct way, just in a way that just. It was away from the fan base that helped build it, and yeah. she wanted her own agenda put in there, and then she wanted to do things like have her voice heard instead of, like, listening to reason, like what happened with Mandalorian and, you know, the like, the firing of Gina Carano. Like, that was all her. Mm, it's just, like, somebody's political views should not—like, she's great in the show. Just let it go. Right. And it's Kathleen Kennedy just being— 
Mm. I won't say. Well, names, the, the the, the yeah, direction I, of the, I get what you're saying, the direction yeah. of Star Wars is definitely taking a turn for me. It's it like, has the worst, and it's tragic because and I mean Kathleen Kennedy, like with the new trilogy, right? They bring on J.J. Abrams to direct Force Awakens, and that's the safe thing to do. I get it. Like everybody can complain about that one, but at the end of the day, they wanted to bring on the old fans and the new fans. I still think it's one of the better, probably it is. the best of the trilogy. It, it is because they went the safe route of like we're going to get this person and we're going to have the story that's very much like a New Hope. And Kathleen Kennedy knew J.J. Abrams wasn't going to direct the next two, but he had a story written out for the next for right. the two after that. And Kathleen Kennedy was just, she is, she was like, okay, well, you're not going to direct the next two. Okay, okay. And then Force Awakens comes out. It's big. And then she goes, all right, J.J., come back for the next one. He goes, no, I wasn't joking. Like, I'm not. Mm. So then she brings on Ryan Johnson, which isn't a bad, like, great director. But Ryan Johnson says, like, okay, what, what can I not not do? And instead of Kathleen Kennedy saying, well, this is what me and J.J. agree to write for the whole arc, and this is what we're going to go with, she went, do whatever you want. And he goes I, on and goes, I, okay, I, I cool. actually like his version uh, and like what he wanted to do with Star Wars. I actually thought it was like a refreshing take on Star Wars. It was refreshing, <clears throat> just not as part of a saga that is already mapped out. And yeah, that's where it went a bit. I, I, I've, I've listened to like some podcasts about it where they're like, he's starting off this whole thing of like, anybody could be a Jedi. It's like, we're getting rid of the old guard. It's these new comers and then the next movie is just like oh no it's been palpatine the whole time no you're right and the whole <laughs> anything could be a jedi like that's why ray's whole backstory like they had originally they it was already established that she was going to be a, a palpatine which cool whatever but had they gone with it, anything could be a jedi that'd be cool because it's just like oh this isn't just like yeah. this isn't just a it's freaking not the skywalker, skywalker thing yeah. it, this is for everybody yeah that's so Star cool Wars that anybody so can have the that. force yeah and ray was a great character to to launch that with and then it just yeah, she just and then you watch Rise of Skywalker and you're just like in tears, it's so not bad. happy tears because it's so it's so bad, man. I, I I think the best one they've done recently was Rogue One. I think oh, Rogue One I think is the best so, one. Like when I was watching that in theaters the first time and that bomb's coming at them and I went, why aren't they escaping? They're not, and that you read the realization of they're Everyone's not gonna die. They're they're gonna die. <laughs> that's right. Like spoilers, if you it, haven't seen it, but yeah, you should, sorry, you should have seen it. By but now. that's the part where you just kind of look at it and you go, wait, wait, why haven't I heard about these characters beyond this? Oh. oh, and that sacrifice, and you're like, "Oh man, this is effed up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one. Of, well, it's one of those endings, like you were saying, though. It's like the happy ending doesn't happen, and yeah. it's like that. It just makes for a better film, you know, because sometimes there just has to be like a clean cut, like you know, like that's the end. I like love, there's no more to this story, like you know what I'm saying. I love an unhappy ending. Well, that, the one, the one that we have out right now, the the feature I wrote that we're trying to get that they were looking for directors for like that's the biggest um the biggest attraction to it is that it's not like this oh everybody gets what they want in the end mm. like it's a bleak ending because that's life like yeah. as much as that sucks we all want that happy ending but like yeah life can be bleak and right. you don't get what you want 90 percent right. of the time you don't yeah and right. it's that 10 percent of the time that you is what you work for sure but like yeah and that's what's kind of fascinating. That's why we talk about La La Land all the time. Just because I was it's just, just going like, to say that. Yeah, yeah. I, love, I love that movie yeah. for that reason because 100%. the last five minutes of that movie just makes you go, oh, wait, what? <sighs> yeah. What do you mean? And it's fascinating, but it's also heartbreaking because it's like, or like 500 yeah, Days life. of Summer. Oh, you know? yeah. Like that mm -hmm. one, you're just like, ooh, that one like just hits home. You know that one, saying? though, is, it's intriguing because you watch it and your and music and yeah. choices aside, which is great. Yeah. You after that first watch watching it again is even more heartbreaking because yeah. you see the signs yeah. it's very clear yeah. Yeah. It's that they are not on the same page yeah. emotionally yeah. and he just totally thinks they are and it's yep. like oh dude well yep, it's, dude. and it's like we've all been there of, you mm -hmm. know what i mean of we've course. all been there where like you thought something was there and it's not and then you go back to it and you're like Oh. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah, that yeah. one that and sometimes it's as little as that one time you had that interaction somebody said something you went wow how did i 
picked up on that. Yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. I mm-hmm. could have saved a lot of heartbreak. Right. But... Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So actually, one of my questions that, while we're talking about different things we like, how is now being in the industry, being a writer, all that stuff, producer, do you watch movies differently? Or like, do you have to kind of separate that kind of side of it? Like, so it's, sorry, sorry I don't, no, no, that, that was my question. It's, it's different. It's because I watch almost everything that comes out. Like I love it. I love stories, so I don't mind it. And there's a lot of it. I love that just, it's captivating. You know, we were like, we were talking about C, you know, there's different yeah. things you just be watching like, oh, I wish I'd come up with this. I want to be a part of, the, of this creation because it's so good. And there's other stuff you watch and you're just like, like there's this new show I, I started on Netflix last night that. And I won't talk trash about it because I only watched the pilot. But the writing in it is supposed to be the sitcom-y thing. And I just watch it to get a different take on the diff- of what is working and what isn't working. And, mm-hmm. you know, you want to always be, you know, the pulse of the industry and what's going on, of course. But it just was so bad. But yet <laughs> it had this laugh track and, like, it's getting a lot of reviews on Netflix. And I forget, like, there are some things that are just not for you. Like, mm-hmm. they're for different audiences, of mm-hmm. course. You know, it's like if you watch, like, something that teenagers love today or something that – you know, your mom and dad might like, you're, you might watch and be like, oh, I don't really like this. Yeah. But maybe 20 years from now I will. Who knows? I, yeah. what's, but, it, what's it called again? Which one? What other shit that sitcom like show? <laughs> I don't even remember All the right. name. <laughs> we'll, uh, I'll, I'll get on that. It's, I, uh, I, I searched it on my IMDb Pro. I can tell you. I, I will say, like, I, to me, like Netflix shows are just getting so oversaturated. The amount of stuff they're pushing out to me, it's like, I, I'm... I don't watch Netflix stuff now. They have to though. The reason being is because Netflix is the biggest streamer in the world, and if they don't, yeah. um, if they don't, oh, it's called Pretty Smart. Pretty Smart. Yeah. And it's 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 something that I don't know. Maybe it'll get better, but I I'd like to ch- give at least every show the first episode or two just to kind of check it out. Mm-hmm. And and Pretty Smart has some people in there that I've seen in other things that I've liked, but then I uh, that I also some of them I've met and know, and you know you like to support friends, and there's other thing where it's just like okay, well this is just not good. Yeah, yeah. That- well, I mean, it looks like a pretty young cast just it from is. the from the from the images. So I mean, I think I think what also happens too is like kind of like you were saying, it's it's relevance to your what's going on in your life. You know it what is, I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like I because I there there's some sh- like TV shows where it's like. I just, I don't connect to it well. You know what I'm saying? So then the inside jokes or the things that like would, the, the audience would find funny. Me personally, I just don't find funny. And then, so then it's like, I just don't want to give it the time of day or the time of watch. We were, we were just watching, um, what's the, what's the one on Apple, um, with Jason Sudeikis? Oh, Ted, Lasso. Oh, Ted, Lasso. Ted Lasso. He got me, he told me about yeah, it. Yeah, dude. I freaking, cause, uh, when I bought my new phone, uh, I got like, what is it? Like three months, three months. free or something yeah. like mm-hmm. that. And I remember you telling me about it. So I was, uh, and I like I like soccer. So like I like love the 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 elements of the, the the game and stuff like that in there. And I just love the concept of you know him not being like a soccer coach, but like it just makes being it so much good, more interesting. Well, because it's true. If you're a good coach, you know when you when you've played sports before. And for those that don't know, I mean morale is just such a huge. I mean, and this goes for all things. Even personalities at, at yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, like, if you're just a good coach, you know, you can pretty much coach these guys, these teammates or whatever, and uh, and get them to – because they're, they're the professional soccer players, right? So they'll know how to, like, do all the, the scoring and the, the gameplay stuff. Sure. Like, I don't need to know that stuff. I just need to get you guys to work well together. So I just loved that concept, 
you know, like it's, 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 it's kind of out of this world. Well, there's a saying and it's like the ultimate version of that, but it's about X's and O's not, oh no, sorry. It's not X's and O's. It's Jim and Joe's. Mm. So it's about the, like the players that make it. It's not really the scheme and stuff like that. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's like, this is like the ultimate version of that. Yeah. Where it's oh, like, completely. This dude doesn't even know the game, but yeah. But yeah, you got me into it and talked about like the exact opposite of like an unhappy ending. Like everything in this show is just so like. It's, but it shows that, like, that's something that's beautiful because it shows that there's good in this world. Yeah. And where that good comes from, as much as we might need that on a daily basis or not know when we need it, where that good comes from is not always a good place. Right. Mm-hmm. That, like, the foundation of it, I don't know how far into it you are, I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, yeah. like, Ted's attitude and how he treats people, how good he is, it's almost annoying, but it's also like, wow, somebody, it's like, to be like that to everybody and to be that inspiring would be amazing, right? Right. But then when you find out, like, why he is the way he is, it's kind of tragic and it's yeah. sad but it's also uplifting because it's like oh well i've been through something similar right. why can't yeah, i be I, like that I, not exactly. that you need to compare yourself but it's the idea of well we could also be that good we should all be like that yeah person. like well, there's nothing wrong with it's, that it's the ideology that you know through suffering and through you know trials and tribulations it's building character character and it's building you know longevity right so you're learning through these experiences to incorporate them into other experiences that you have in the future so if you're going through these struggles then you get to this point where somebody else is struggling you're able to be like a light on that person exactly. you know what i'm saying and it, in his case he's get getting trashed on all this you know whatever and then he, he just doesn't react negatively and you're like kind of like you're saying it's like why aren't you mad at me or why didn't you hate me for this or why aren't you angry you know and it's like Hey man, like I'm going through it too. Like I get it, you know. And like, imagine if everybody was just like that, you know. Well, and how, be, how I, far are you? Or I you definitely in, fin- I, gotta, I gotta find that yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, def- I definitely finished season one. I'm in okay. season two. I stopped it though because I was watching it while I was sick. So I just okay. blew through season one, yeah. and then once I like you know kind of healed up and I wasn't able to like sit on my my bed anymore. Yeah. So I'm on season two. I don't remember quite where I'm at because I fell asleep. I think okay. I'm like on season like it's, episode like, it's three. It's interesting or like direction they're going, especially Man, how season two about ends. Yeah, you, know, you watched the finale. I finally, oh. yeah, I just watched it last night. And, oh, yeah, was, dude, how, how many, many seasons that, is there? That wink. I wanted to just. How many seasons yeah, is say, there? Two. There's they're, two full they, seasons. They planned for uh, Bill Lawrence and Jason Sudeikis. They are two of the creators. They planned it for three seasons. Right mm. now, Apple TV, and there's a lot of people trying to push for a fourth just because how good it is and mm. where it's building, but they planned it for a three-season arc. Oh, and really? that's what Apple gave them. They're like, yeah, great, go mm. for it. And I don't know what they I do li- beyond. I, li- I like that. Like, if there's a cap on it, like, you know, like, no, like, we made it well, to be a three-season thing. Well, like, because you know? you know a story has an end, and yeah, it's never yeah, going to yeah. be one of those things where, like, Lost suffered from that terribly. Mm. Lost was a show that has I'm- such a fantastic... Like it was I'm monumental, right now. yeah, and in like everybody had to talk about it weekly. Like it was what Game of Thrones was to us. Yeah. now back then, I remember that. Did like, you watch it in the in the moment? No, oh, okay. I, I everybody when I was, like was twelve. Yeah, everybody so always reading. talked about it, and I and I got behind on it, and we didn't. You know, that was right, before, right, right. that was around that was the time streaming. DVDs were even. Yeah, 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 that was so you would wait weekly for that show. Exactly. You know? yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Lost <laughs> is one of the first shows I ever streamed on Netflix when they like uh, became a streamer. Okay, and I remember binging all of it, and it just built. But Lost was built for five seasons, and ABC was like. Can you guys do some more? Because you know we want to get some more, you know, money, money out, out of this. Of this. Yeah. And they made it six, and it it, it hurt it like it really did because so, uh. they stretched out this story. And then when you got to that final episode, I mean, I know everybody's torn on this. Not trying to talk trash on it, but talk trash, man. The final episode to me was instead of it being oh it's ambiguous, and I don't know if you guys have all seen Lost, but I mean, yeah. But it's this ambiguous ending of like purgatory that's just. Yeah, it's, it's supposed it's, to be so monumental in this l- release and let go, and I get it, but because it went on for so long, it just becomes so like, 
like, oh, we're all lost, so we're going to leave the viewers lost with this. And I get everybody takes from it what they she want. It kind of fell flat on it. It did. It, it, it really – I think that the creators are brilliant in what they did and what they created, but I didn't care for the ending. I thought that – I mean, if you want a better lost ending, watch Battlestar Galactica. And people can say what they that's want what about, about it being I've heard that. sci-fi, but that's one of the greatest shows ever created because Battlestar Galactica, even though it's on a ship in space, the drama and what happens on it from episode one till that final episode, every question is answered. Mm. Every every story is taken care of. You get your ending that is earned. And when you get to that point, you're like, I have gone on this emotional journey with these characters and I, I have earned this with them. And you've gotten to this point where you're like, I am satisfied mm. with this ending. There's nothing about this show that I would change. And that's that beautiful. Mean? Battlestar Galactica was, I think, 2008 to 2013, I want to say. Was that yeah. in Step Brothers? Do they, do they bond over that? Is it in Step Brothers where they do that? They were like, no. where they like name things off and they're like, Battlestar oh, Galactica. Oh, no, that's your, oh, it, no, you're talking about The Office. The Office. Yeah, The Office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, that's another no, talk, show talk, that lost me the, later on. The yeah, office. when like, Steve Carell left, it was hard. Yeah, and they just kind of like tried to force it. Like they brought in like Will Ferrell, Jim Carrey. Like they just tried to. Well, they feel didn't that. know what they were going to do. With exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of getting from this conversation with you. I'm like, oh, they probably just had no idea what they were doing. Like and episode what, per episode. And that's honestly what it is. It, what, mm. what happens is that sometimes you have the creators that are just like they love something to death. Yeah. And they hope that all of the actors want to stay on and be a yeah. part of it, which obviously you want them to, is with how great the performance they bring to it. But with Steve Carell, you know, creatively, he wanted to do something differently, sure. and when he left. That sucks because when like when you're when the lead actor decides yeah. to leave, like you're you know he, he was the that, show. He is the show. Yeah, but you know you're leaving behind not only like a supporting cast of like twenty other people, but a crew of like hundred people that depend on those paychecks. You know by making that decision, all of those people now, if the show decides they've decided to can't get canceled, all those people are now out of a job. Right. So like yeah. when somebody decides to leave, it is never an easy decision. Yeah. And so they wanted to keep it going and they did some good things with the final two seasons, yeah. but they also yeah. did some things that were like yeah, this is a bit. Much, I will say, like, sure. I, I feel like for not having Steve Carell there, they did the best they could. They did. Yes. I, I almost no, want I agree. to say that. I agree but... with that. And and everybody that was a core member there, they really picked up the slack, you know. Yeah. And they they really like held it on their shoulders. But I just you know just uh, from a fan standpoint, you know, I was just like, okay, like it kind of dragged. But I was I would, I didn't watch that in the moment. You know when it was coming out every single week. Even oh, see, my that friends was, were. I was watching that. Yeah, weekly. My, all my friends. Oh, were. I wasn't. I was. I no, was late. I, I did it. Bad Parks and Rec. I was watching Rec. I was late too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think I ever watched a show as it was coming out. Like I've always been behind on oh, TV see, shows. How your mother was that for me. That was no, lost. no. Lost I, I I watched that for the first time streaming it on Netflix. I yeah. just, oh, really? Yeah, straight through. I, I mean, used, I I used to come it, down. Though. Oh, that's awesome. I binged it. I mean, I I would I, that was at a point in time where like I was literally like getting two hours of sleep because I was just watching it so frequently. Yeah, oh. I was just not falling asleep. I would I just know, be see, like waking up at four a.m. because I got work. And well, then <laughs> I feel like that streaming Netflix stuff happened when we were like right out of high school too. So we had like no, no, or is it before? No. Or is it two thousand thirteen? Is when no, sorry, forgive me. Two thousand eleven is when Netflix launched their streaming service. Okay, so that was, so then never mind. I was yeah, like a junior because I, I like because I graduated high school. Oh, in so 10. that's what it was. It, you know what it was is the summers you have no school, oh, no, yeah, sure. and you're yeah, just yeah, yeah. binging for hours. But and Lost, I don't, Lost I don't was even, my weekly one. I don't even think I got. I don't remember it. Netflix right out the gate, like as it because we had Netflix as a DVD service. Yeah, yeah same. And then uh, we didn't add on the streaming because uh, nobody really knew what it was, especially like in my family. You know, like they were just like, oh, like it's fine. We don't need it. And then uh, eventually it was like, oh, like I definitely want that. You know, oh, no, we, we were like, we were like first, like, really? We had Netflix like all the time. Like, we love Netflix. Well, we, yeah. we had the DVDs and then I had a PS3 at the time. And like, Sony was just like, hey, Netflix is doing this new streaming thing. Do you want early access? And I remember my girlfriend at the time that had an apartment with, we were just like, 
sure, we'll check it out. We yeah. don't have to order DVDs. They'll just be on here. Yeah. Well, yes. We have to pay. This is going to be dumb. And then they're like, oh, you'll get it for free for the first month. And we tried it out. And it yeah. was just like, Change the what game. is this? Yeah. And they said, and then we're like getting early access. And then it's like, oh, Netflix streaming isn't available. So we're telling our friends like, hey, like, have you guys seen the Netflix app? Like, have uh, you used it? And they're like, what? what's what that? Are you yeah, like, what are you mean yeah. the DVDs? I'm like, yeah. no. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can yeah, Gen Z will stuff. never know what we went through with, the, with Netflix, oh like DVDs and stuff. Well, but. dude, it, and it's just such a, it was just such an interesting, like, climb to see, like, in real time, you know? You see, like, Blockbuster and Hollywood mi- video, like, go away, and then you see the red boxes, like, not really be a thing anymore, and then you just see this, like, Netflix thing just totally take over, you know? It it's did. just been a, a, a I mean, crazy, that's, like, literally a company ride. that, like, we've seen grow, like, with us, basically. Which, Straight that's, up. that's one of those, it's funny, we were just talking about this, we were on uh, Sunset Boulevard last week, and uh, Netflix has this massive... Mm-hmm. billboard it's like this 3d billboard super cool and it says um don't give up in your dreams um, when we started we were just dvds you know like that whole yeah. thing right? it's super cool and like you see that and it's kind of like wow this is kind of cool because like netflix tried to sell to blockbuster back in the day for 50 million and blockbuster laughed them out of the room like no Hilarious. joke literally wow. laughed so yeah. hard Hilarious. netflix left the room because I mean, how, there's no how, way that you how often does that us. happen? You it know what I'm saying? It, like it, it's just it's just so wild to where like you know what well, uh, Apple, right? I mean Steve Jobs just yeah. getting laughed at. You know what I'm saying? And then look at what he the empire that he built, and it, it's just yeah. I will say for me though, again now recently, like Netflix is the one I use the least. No, same. I don't like the shows. I there's something I I don't know if there's like anything about to the, about this, but like to me, I don't know if it's depending on like the camera they use or how it's shot or whatever, but like. There's a certain type of like kind of like cheesy kind of show that like I just can't like like for me like my I always love Christopher Nolan and for some reason I feel like not just like what he does the writing all that stuff the camera itself like I feel like everything like the shot like what he well, uses you like, you like the um, kind of faded film looking kind of style and it's and it looks really really documentary ish right. I don't even like, know. If, like it looks like like a like a very nice artistic style yeah, of camera, it just, it just not like crisp it's, contrast. Yeah, it, like because like, like the 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 sitcoms, it they just, look like really really like, like fake, like like super yeah. well, that's super contrasted. That's like what I was talking about with the what was it called the smart the what was the, yeah yeah yeah. Pretty smart. smart, like yeah. And I mean, the show might get better. Who knows? I'll give yeah. it, I'll give it more. But you but can even tell from the images it, it of does. the show. It's yeah. very sitcom and it's very yeah. clean, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But it's clean to the point of like, if you ever seen like, I don't know if you guys watch the live action Aladdin, mm-hmm. but like, uh, um, no. live action Aladdin, like Guy Ritchie, I love him, but like the the story is there and the film is not bad, but they he makes the sets and everything so clean. That you're just like, this doesn't look lived in. It doesn't mm-hmm. yeah. look like I'm watching a story where these people mm-hmm. are alive here. This looks like I'm watching a, a set. set. It's a set. And that's 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 not fun. Like yeah. you want to be able to, I don't want to say trick the audience, but you want to be able to help them make them believe that the story well, they're watching has come I mean, to that's life. Like the right? whole uh what is the willing suspense or whatever? What is that called? The um uh, uh, uh it's uh suspense uh it's belief. You're giving yeah. up belief suspense. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Where you, I mean, you're, where you're just so involved Suspending in the story. Suspending belief. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Where you're so involved in the story, you're like, you feel like, okay, like this is like almost real. It's like, yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. So sometimes those Netflix shows, they just come out and they're like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just can't it's get like, into it. But like for me, Netflix will come out with like one that's super, super good. And then 20 are bad. Well, you that's, know? And then that's it's kind like of their model. model. I don't even, yeah. I don't and even know can, what's been good recently though. Like that. Netflix. Have you watched Midnight Mass? That, okay, I want to. I'm gonna get Midnight, Midnight Mass, Mass is superb. I Midnight, don't don't Ma- sleep on that, yeah, guys. That is no, super I, interesting. I'm gonna watch that. But like to me, like I've been watching Squid a lot Ga- of Apple Squid TV. Game was good. Okay, yeah. Okay, Squid yeah. Game was good. I watched a lot of Apple TV though. Like Apple TV has a lot of good shows. 
Um, but, you're, but I think you're liking it because it's newer. And think about it. When it's new, like when Amazon first came out, they had a ton of heavy hitting shows. Yeah, but I didn't like their shows not, that much. Yeah, but now for sure. But then yeah. even like Hulu, like when it first came out, like you liked a lot of shows. And then it kind of like Netflix, when it started to come out with like all it's like, like remember when Ozark came out and they were coming yeah, out with their yeah, originals? Fantastic. You're like, oh, this is so good. I think what happens is they they do good. And then there's this expectation that we have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For the quality. And they didn't they they had a they made a statement that they were gonna come out with like a movie a week or a movie yeah. a day. They're or still doing like that. The, no a movie a week for the year twenty twenty one. They're still like, doing it. You know, and it's like that's I mean, okay, that's I think that's nice, that's cool. However, it's like even if it was a movie a month and you really had like the top twelve movies out of all of these but then it's like a money deal, you know, and they, you know, they're understanding that it's COVID and people are going to actually stream it and stuff. And I think the other thing too is people don't have the, not to sound arrogant, but the the movie IQ that we might have, where it's like we're we're we, we we're kind of hard to please, you know. We like that, to look for things, and most people don't. They're like they want to put on a movie with their family, they want to just watch it and want to have a good little little time. But Netflix is also competing with movie theaters, and Netflix, I mean, mm-hmm. they put out they That's spend true. something like I, I want to say I think it's like ten. Maybe I think it's at ten billion a year right now on original content. Mm. Like they're it's ridiculous. But what Netflix is doing is in competing with movie theaters is they're putting out their original shows, right? Like this right. weekend they got the new season of You coming out, right? And everybody's gonna oh, watch wait, is that. that really this yeah, they, Thursday night. <sighs> um, so what you'll do this is guy. you'll get... I love Netflix now. <laughs> <laughs> See, but that's that's the thing with Netflix, though, right? Like you just you know, just Squid back. Game is just on Netflix, yeah. and it's the idea of yes, you have that one big thing that just sends their ratings to the roof that helps you can you know can compete with the other streamers mm-hmm. and compete with movie theaters but you also have all these smaller movies that like my friend's mom she watches all that stuff and she'll tell me about them and half of it I'm like I hadn't even heard of before mm-hmm. but it's the idea that it's on Netflix and it's there for people because Netflix isn't just the US it's all over the world right. like yeah. there's so many shows and movies that like are massive across the world that us in the US are just like not even what kidding. is that or yeah. who cares why would we watch that mm-hmm. but it's massive overseas like Taylor Lautner like after Twilight was in this super big hit series overseas that like nobody here has heard of mm. but like right. that's just and Netflix because they're worldwide Amazon does, does the same thing they release their stuff based off of their demographics so that they can get more people to sign up for Prime and use their shipping and all that mm. and that's what they do like Amazon doesn't make any money off their shows it's the same thing right. and that's what the Netflix bases it off of is their whole idea of getting more people to watch in bigger demographics so they can get more subscribers right. and the more content you put out the more people the more you stimulate them and the more they're right. the less likely they are to cancel their subscription right I, to, to me just like I think the original part of Netflix for me was watching a bunch of stuff I haven't seen, right? Everything on there. Mm-hmm. And now it's just becoming where, right when you go on, it's original, 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 original. Let me go to the comedy section. That's original, original. It's all the, like, I don't feel like it has as much, like, their library is different now. And maybe that's because there's so many other different. Well, that's also like, a setup, and they base their library off the algorithm of what you search for. Right. If you go far, far enough into it, you will find more. And well, yeah, you're right, I, though. Their I, library I like, is... H, like HBO Max, like their library for like – sorry, I'm like going right in front of this camera uh, – is like is like, huge. Over. Like their, their no. library is like for movies, I feel like is just like yeah, – Well, HBO, to be fair, got you know got like a 20-year head start on Netflix. True. And they – so they're it's going to be expansive. Like when HBO Max, they launched with like 10,000 titles, and that's not even counting like the HBO ones. Like, I mean, they were just already there. Yeah. And HBO Max is continuing to grow and what they're doing is i like what hbo max is doing with their setup because they're basing it off of okay we're not just going to release like one episode a week like game of thrones we're going to set you up with three episodes to get you hooked and then we're going to do one episode a week mm-hmm. like you know th- what they're doing is smart and i mean hbo yeah. has been smart in that regard mm-hmm. well, you and have then s- now they're doing the 
straight from movie theaters, basically. Like, yeah, and that's no, that'll end after December. They're they're stopping that again. Oh, they are. Yeah, too many creators and studios pushed back on that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they weren't making it. From whatever, at least they weren't making a ton of money off of it. Like, yeah, cool. It'll be seated. nice to watch Dune next week on at home. But like, I'm gonna go to theaters to watch Dune. Like, yeah. that looks freaking awesome. You know. Yeah. So it just depends. I, I mean, think that, that was definitely a COVID thing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it like, was that totally was, a COVID that was, like, thing. Definitely like, let's try to get this going in for COVID. But you know, now that and, the theaters are up, you know, and people and are going to come back. You know? People are going to come. I mean, movie theaters aren't going to die. Like, I mean, if you look at just the last month and a half between Shan Chi, Venom, and James Bond this last week, and like, they're doing record breaking numbers again because people want to see those things in theaters. They don't want to watch them yeah. at home, even though they can. It's like. One, especially that, especially with the evolution of the theater, you got alcohol in there now. Now the food is a little exactly that's like real food. Yeah, like you can go on a proper date. That's like, what I he mean, was saying. They revolutionized. Yeah. It's like oh, instead yeah. of dinner in a movie, it's like I can have my dinner at the same time in the movie. Like, that's exactly yeah. what okay. he was saying a couple episodes ago. It's like yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're adaptive and. Yeah, and people like just like to get out of the house. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, even if the movie was trash, it was still an experience. And that still leads to a conversation that you get to have with your friend or your significant exactly. other. We went to go see that one. Um, it was a branch off of Saw the, with a Spiral. Spiral with, uh, with uh, Chris Rock. Oh, man, it was so bad. It was so bad that, you know, love my girlfriend to death. But like, you know, like she was even like, yo, this, like in the movie, it's like, is this for real? Like, but this see, is like so. Kinda, let me ask you then, why was it bad? Because <clears throat> that's where I'll differ with you because I liked it for different reasons, not because of the horror aspect, but because no, of but, how they went about it. Yeah, yeah. So, Which, I, spoilers, I, I guess, I, for those who haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, it's for, like a year old. You should have seen it by yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we thought it was bad. One, we thought the acting was just terrible. I mean, like, his, well, it was all like hype the whole time. There was no downtime at all. The the soundtrack, like the mood, like the, the music in each part did not set the environment like correctly in my opinion. Like it was just like you chose that song over that and it was distracting. Like it removed from like whatever. And then just the cinematography, like videography, like nothing was scary in terms of like, so, so when you go to see a movie, you're because you being a music producer, do you look for the music first before the story? No, it's just, it, it just kind of like, I guess on like second nature, you know, like I'm just like, I'm just very attentive, you know? So I'm just like, picking up on things and, sure. and whatever. And then the fact that she would made a statement like right at the beginning, I was like, Oh, like she doesn't. So then I was like, well, she didn't like, cause I chose the movie. <laughs> nice. I was like, Oh, just, you know, she likes scary movies. And so I was like, Oh yeah, let's go see this. And it's Chris rock. And it's a branch off a of saw. And like, I, I, you know, I, I thought like, it was fine. It was, I mean, for like for a saw movie, you know what I mean? Cause like, I know how like those go and like, they're they're cool. They just tried hard with the pig thing. Well, what's, in, what's interesting about that is that that was supposed to come out actually, the week before George George Floyd was killed, that was uh. supposed to come out. So if you know what, if anybody does not know what that movie's about, yeah, it's the whole police brutality thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Imagine that movie coming out. Oh, they should have at the same time. The, the the studio was just like, no, yeah, we can't do this. Yeah. I mean, part of that was COVID, but part of it was just like, you yeah. don't know. Like, I mean, uh. it had that come out at the same time as George Floyd, like it just throws more to the flames to the fire. Like, yeah. I mean, it's uh. okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know yeah that. So I mean, that's why I it was know postponed. But that's also like I love timely. that movie now. Yeah. Like it. Well, no. But <laughs> it also though makes it more like oh, okay. I get why they didn't do that. I mean, mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I I enjoyed the storyline again. Like this, and this is my thing with like the horror films, just like down the line. Like I I always like the storyline, and it's just like there's there's decisions that are made that just like, and who am I to speak right? Because I'm not a writer, and I, like you know, I was just like a fan. But like it's just like oh you could have done that so much different or or better in my opinion you know I think the one 
um, horror film that I just, and maybe it's because I, I saw it as a kid and I just like was terrified. Uh, have you ever seen, um, Lauren, what's that movie with the dolls? Um, Dead Silence. Dead Silence. Have you ever oh, seen yeah. Dead Silence? From like oh, yeah. 2005 Dude. or six. I mean, and again, it might have just been like like tying into like me being a kid and, you know, like really liking it at the time. But like it was it was freaky and like in a weird way, not like scary, like jump at you scary. But then the, it did have those moments where it jumped out at you and you're like, whoa, 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 you know. And then it had an uh, authenticity <laughs> and real. Yeah. No, it, it's, oh, it's funny because. Oh, dude, it was just and see, there was an, a realness to it, too, because like she legitimately, you know, spoiler alert here, too. It's like. There was a ma- like she's uh 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 what what do they call the um ventriloquist ventriloquist right and uh she basically did surgery on the the main dude who had all the money you know and she's like standing next to him and she's like using him as like a dummy you know and it's like oh whoa that was you know and that's how it kind of ends and you're just like that was wild well, you know that, like that was also like one of the first times that I've like really paid attention to silence i mean ironically it's what it's called but it's like they turn off the sound so i'm like when is the sound going to come back and i knew it was going to be something that was scary yeah so they use that as a a, a tool which i thought was really but that's, interesting that that's a great way to use ambiguity just because it's just like i don't know what's going to happen next mm-hmm. or if there's going to be something that's happened next and it that's i mean it's true yeah which once again midnight mass uses that Beautifully, you guys I, yeah. Use, I, I don't know if you guys have watched. It. I, I watch started it. watching it. Yes, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's something they talk about like the Catholic faith and just how well. It's hor- in depth too. You know what I'm saying? They get into the Catholic faith. And well, they it's, get it's, it, it's it's Mike Flanagan. I mean, the same guy okay. that did Doctor Sleep, um, okay. Haunting of Hill House, Haunting yeah. of Fly oh, yeah, Manor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Haunting series, I feel like, yeah. is so good. You oh, know what you're getting yourself Netflix, into. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the shows damn on Netflix. <laughs> All of a sudden, Netflix is so yeah, good. Yeah, he's like, but I really love Netflix. You know, <laughs> I get where you're you coming from. Netflix. Netflix is the most used streaming site that I use. Yeah, it's just because you've been watching Apple, which I get. So have I. And Apple, I'm, I'm, I'm still like Apple H, or HBO, Apple, Netflix, but same, same. Yeah. But Apple, though, to be fair, Apple has been very selective with the shows they choose to put out. And I'm not saying I've seen everything on Apple, but everything I have watched on Apple has been solid. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched something bad on Apple yeah, yet, same. which, like, you know, just give it some time. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. just give it some time. So with Apple, I noticed too that like on my Apple TV account. I also have some of the TV shows that I purchased on iTunes, like way, way, sure. way back in the day. I thought that was a really interesting impl- 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 implementation to like the the, the site because it's like if you bought like music videos, like yeah. like I was seeing like music videos that I bought, you know, when I had an iPod video and stuff. And so I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then so you can also watch the like Apple like documentaries or th- whatever they have on the artists sites oh, yeah. too. Like I and thought you, you that can was super... movies right from there. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, like yeah. Apple plus like gives you like, mm. they also have like exclusive stuff. Like they have a Bruce Springsteen documentary on the making of his new album, like the new Billie Eilish doc. Like right. there's yeah, some yeah, things yeah. on there where you're like, okay, yeah, I noticed like, this cause it's, it's like you can, you like click on it cause you think you're going to be able to watch it. And then it has a button how to view or how to watch. And then you're like, Oh, you have to go through like, this is what you got to get to like, whatever. It's like, Oh, okay. That's, that's really interesting. But, uh, but I think the, the the site itself is cool in that sense you know what i'm saying because it's like if you're part of apple you know it's very easy to gravitate towards yeah right you know? like this dude finally got a macbook no no i was i was uh PC i mean for a long time. i can't i can't i don't have a macbook man no no i a pc y- yeah i went to get one 
five years ago, I was going to buy one. And then I went, I think it was at Best Buy. I don't remember where it was. But I. Uh, That's where you messed up. Go to Best Buy. <laughs> don't go to Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> they, got, they got like, they got their Apple geniuses over there. I, and it's, it's not. It's just not Apple certified. It's weird. Well, it's, it, the thing was is that I, I just needed I needed a brand new laptop, my the one I currently had. I mean, I, I use it for a living. So, mm-hmm. you know, I went to get a MacBook, had the money for it and all. And then mm-hmm. there was an HP that was there, and it was a freaking touchscreen f- mm-hmm. folded back like a pad. And it just had a better hard drive processor, everything, than any MacBook they could offer. And, I'm, and it was half the price. I'm going, right. well, like. Yeah, 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 no brainer. Stupid, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah no exactly. Brainer. Okay. Yeah, no brainer. And that thing has been amazing. Like I've had yeah. it for five years now, and it's just like still running. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're using them for work, you just ended up getting like a cheaper version, right? And it just didn't end up working for you, like the the HP that you had. No, the Surface. I had a Microsoft oh, Surface. Surface. Yeah, but I, I didn't realize it was a refurbished one, mm. so that probably is where I went wrong mm. too. But yeah, the refurbished is yeah. yeah but now when I now when I saw the, when the MacBook the got the M1 chip, so I was like, all right, this is just game changer. Yeah, it's just it's just it, super but. nice to have everything cohesively like all my messages or every, I, the, yeah, the iCloud the, the, backup. Yeah, the texting and, from your phone is uh, uh, the texting from your uh, computer is kind of cool. It's yeah. cool, but it's also super weird because like I don't know. It's probably distracting. Probably, it, I probably well, it's totally probably distracting. Like, actually, you know, it probably is not good because I'm sitting there trying to work and then just like thing. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, oh, a, I have mine set up to anytime I get a new email, it just like comes up and it's just it's distracting as hell because if you're in the middle of a groove and you look over and it just takes you out of it and it just. Oh. Yeah. See, it's a little, it's a, it's distracting for me because I work on this to do like my final like projects on uh, Ableton, but it's synced up to his iMessage. So sometimes, sometimes, oh, you're just reading unmistakably, my I'm, seeing, I'm seeing him like saying I love you to like his girlfriend and stuff like that. And I'm just seeing like, hmm, okay. And I'm like, oh shit, they're in a fight. <laughs> so why, why is she so short? And then he's chiming like, in. Then so I'll quit. Let me get in this. No wonder he texts me like, hey, dude, you good? Like, <laughs> you need to ride home? Yeah, bro. You all right, dog? <laughs> Oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's to me, it's not really distracting because, like, I see it, I'm, I can read it, and I'm really good at ignoring things. <laughs> I mean, I, dude, good, I'm so, hats off to you, man. That's, no, no, you know what it is? I'm terrible at responding because I'll read it, and, and this is where I get in trouble. I read it, and I'm like, okay, I'll respond to it later because I'll be busy. So I'll be doing other things, and then you know, whatever. And then I go a whole day. These guys know, like in the group chat, like I will just ghost them all the time. And it's not because like, I didn't see it. I literally saw it. And I said, I'll respond to it later. And I just forget. Yeah. And oh, I just, see, I wish I can do that. If I see there's a message or an email, it's like a ticking time bomb. You just so go like, right to it. I have to respond. I got to get back to it. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like, 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 like yeah. I have to do it. And it's that's like, something that we've conditioned ourselves to do. Yeah. But it's at the end, same time, it's like, if I ignore that, like there's could be more later. And sometimes it's for business and you just got to, I think that's yeah. different, you know, emails and stuff. There's, there's a time and a place for it. And I, I, I'm just so hippied out on technology with like the phone and stuff like that i mean i'm literally researching like uh minimalist phones and waiting for the correct minimalist phone to like come out because i need email right and i i need like a spotify because i like to go on runs and you know so i need certain things but i just don't need all like the additional stuff that your iphone offers you but they don't have that yet it's like the minimalist phones out it's literally like tech text talk and like an alarm clock you know i mean you could delete all those apps i could delete well the thing the i have them all deleted on my phone so like my phone is like pretty much just like straight up like a work phone like and i use all the social media stuff oh my like, gosh you'd hate my phone then i mean it it, it happened with the, i because i dropped my phone in a lake oh 
and so I had to get a new one. And then when I got this new one, I was like, I'm going to be productive with this. Like, it's basically like a computer. I got a pro, you know? So I'm like, that's a computer. It's not a phone. So that's like a work device. And that's why we're able to have two camera angles now. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. I got the Pro Max and I have to, it, you freaking shoot everything on this. I, I shot my niece in 4K yesterday. Yeah. I'm like, this uh, yeah, is amazing. It's, it's yeah. unreal. It's crazy. The, um, that's the, tw- uh, yeah, that's the 12 Pro. Like, I, I'm kind of, See, like, I wanted to wait for the 13 to come out because I was either going to, if it wasn't, like, like worth it, I was just going to get the 12 cheaper, you know, because they sell them, like, so cheap once the new one comes out. Or if it was worth it, I was going to get the new one. But I dropped my phone in a lake, and so, like, I was forced to get that, like, at, like, what, two weeks before the 13 came out. Oh. And I saw that cinematography, or that cinema oh, setting yeah, the on mode. the new one. Oh, that was pretty nice. But I know they say, like, It'll shoot movies, but like, are people actually gonna shoot movies in that? Oh, yeah, that? really? Well, oh, yeah, okay. There have been people shooting movies on their phone for the last five years, dude, like yeah. full on movies. And so that just the adds, Florida Project yeah. was one of the first movies shot on an iPhone, and that thing, not the Florida Project, what's yeah. that? The uh, Florida it's Project. Willem Dafoe. <clears throat> I've never um, heard of that. The Florida Project, yeah, it was just it was a movie 2017, 2017 film, yeah, yeah. The director, if I'm not mistaken, shot it all on his phone. Sick. Well, so I was, re- you know, I, I go on YouTube a lot and I like to watch the reviews on all these different like technologies and stuff like that. And basically what they were saying is like the capabilities of this new feature, the the cinema feature is good quality to be able to shoot, you know, like a film on there. Yeah. But the Apple commercial that they made for their release, it's like, that's the best quality that you could possibly get. And these are actual videographers. They actually have editors and you know what I'm saying? So it's like, don't expect your, uneducated cinematography self to be able to shoot it like that but it will be a good quality if you learn how to use the technology sure, but you know i what mean I'm that's true with anything i mean exactly. like if you picked up a, a brand new camera right now on a right. set exactly like you're not going to be able to shoot something the same way somebody exactly. else could and that's exactly. i mean it's perspective and exactly. that's exactly and, it, and it's being able to use it like to its fullest capabilities and that's what they were showcasing you know it's like uh, if you learn how to use this this is what you could get you exactly. know they're not have, saying you're just going to ha- magically be able to shoot a whole movie on it you know have students Studios actually like talked about that because I'm guessing the cost must be like different, right? They've talked about it, but at the end of the day, what happens is that you have, I mean, it's a phone, so there's only so much storage, there's so much you can right. do, and there's also still, I mean, it's I think it'll get there, but it's still that stigma of just like everything being shot on a phone when you have the cameras and the backup and everything else that offer. I mean, I mean, this phone's like this one is like uh, I think there's 512 megabit hard drive. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, that's great, but that's, not enough that's compared a, to like a red camera or whatever. Yeah, exactly. like, yeah. Like, I'm guessing you could shoot to where like it uploads to the cloud or uploads to like a, sure, a massive but hard I mean, drive or something. But I mean, think about it. Like a, uh, you can easily spend five, ten thousand dollars on a camera. Not like even talking about lenses and different things like that. You know what I'm saying? And this little phone, is like two grand max. You know. Yeah. And there's reasons why it's a ten thousand dollar camera. That's like an actual conversation that like that I happens, think that though. it will be a conversation. And I think it can be, but at the end, I don't know. I think it's I, I think it's purposeful for the independent, like for yes, somebody who's coming yes. out of high school and college, and they're like, I need to make a name for myself, and I need to be able to like work on a budget, and I want to get this out, and you know, do projects and stuff. Because I'm doing like a digital like marketing kind of like uh, major at, at school, and so like I'm having to create like ads and advertisement, and so like I'll just shoot things on my phone, take photos on my phone, and then go into Ableton and make make a little jingle for it, and then you know, send it, and it's like 
perfect. You know, I didn't need to have a camera. I didn't need to have a crew. I didn't need to hire anybody. It's just like, I can make this, you well, know, I mean, on my own. McConaughey you know? just said that on his Instagram a few weeks ago. He's just like, anybody that's trying to, you know, shoot something or make films or do anything yeah. and says, oh, they don't have the money to do it. They can't do it. He's just like, if you got a phone, you can do it. Like, don't make excuses. Yeah. Like, that's where you start. That's the basis of learning there. Exactly. It's just like, okay, this is how I can do it. And this is how I can learn from it. And I definitely think it's a great learning tool. It's a great foundation. But it I but don't know at if the studio it's going to that, that, that at, level. It's not gonna, at the studio level. If they have the money to get the best, they're going to use the best. Not? And I'm not saying that the 12 or the 13. I mean, it's fantastic for a phone. It's right. definitely the best to shoot out there. But like compared to a studio camera, it's yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I have to ask because there's no way we could not do this podcast and not me asking about you writing for Wonder Woman. Okay. So yeah. So like, <laughs> I gotta go. I, I just want to know about that. Well, you obviously you can say what you can whatever but i just want to know like what that experience was like for you like what did you think about like then watching it and like what is that like where you're like you're writing for something and then you watch it and the perception for it and all that kind can of we stuff. get a phone so, number from you how yeah. does that work <laughs> well, then how, how you got it too like how it was leading up to that so uh wonder woman was 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 like i like to look at it as my own film school because mm. i dropped out of college i didn't go to film school everything is self-taught like and trust me that's it it, was, it works for some people some people doesn't. I mean, to each their own. Yeah, to each their own. Like, film school is great and will teach you a lot of things, but it's a hard road to teach yourself and mm-hmm. just to learn along the way and bumble along. But uh, Wonder Woman is something was an opportunity I got a year and a half into screenwriting, which wow. is unheard of. Yeah. Uh, in short, I won't say names. A friend of mine worked at Warner Brothers, had an idea. And he had this great concept for Wonder Woman and brought on a friend and I and said, like, hey, do you guys didn't want to write this? And we did. And at first it was just kind of like, okay, let's work on this Wonder Woman spec and just kind of see what happens with it. And then a few months later, um, we got an agent and that agent happened to be the same one that originally sold Batman and Batman Returns to Wonder Wonder Brothers. Mm. So he, like, knew everybody there was in – and so when we told him we had this Wonder Woman script and he read it, he's like, okay, we're going to make this happen. And then it turned into this process of like a year and a half of us doing drafts and like talking to the studio and just kind of working things through. And this is at the time when, you know, they're making like Man of Steel and like Green Lantern has come out, like Dark Knight Rises had just come out. And at the time, the studio still wanted Christopher Nolan to be the helming of their DCEU and he just wasn't having it. That's mm-hmm. why Zack Snyder became what he did. Yeah. And in the midst of it all, it was just like Joel Silver had wanted Wonder Woman and his Wonder Woman TV show, I think he was part of the TV show, but it didn't do very well, which that was, I'm glad it didn't. Wonder Woman was just like on the show, checking her Facebook like it was bad. Like I don't even remember this show. That, because mm-hmm. it never aired. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they announced it and they'd shot a pilot for it and it was just not good. Mm. But, um, which that sucks because I mean, who they got for Wonder Woman would have been great at the time, but it just didn't work. Um, But then um, we kind of had this script that had certain people attached and it was moving and, you know, we worked within the studio system for a year and a half as kind of like unpaid writers trying to just like get ourselves out there doing whatever the studio asked us, making changes and just being a part of this journey. And then like in one fell swoop with like deals on the table, it just went away. Mm. And it was one of those most heartbreaking things because it's like, this sucks. Like we thought this is the big break. This is it. Like, and it's going to happen. And then just like that, it's done. And there's nothing you could do about that because you don't own that IP. Like we didn't Mm -hmm. own that. So we couldn't do anything about it. So now like watching like Wonder Woman and then like, you know, 1984 and seeing like scenes that you wrote or were a part of writing whatever in it, it's just like, oh, this is heartbreaking. And it's. Oh, so they like took some of the stuff, but even though. Oh yeah. Because what happens is that like, I mean, at the end of the day, like they, they own it. 
Like right. they own the IP, they own Wonder Woman, so you can't sit there and be like, "Don't use my scene, so use mm. that." They're just like, "Okay, what are you going to do?" But take you don't it, get any credits on take that. it somewhere else. No, wow. and that was a big part of a shakeup that happened at the time in the studio that we couldn't control. Mm. There was just okay. nothing you can do when studio heads change. Usually what happens is that the new studio head comes in and says, whatever the old studio head was working on, whatever deals he had on the table, scrap them all. Mm. And ours happened to be one that just got scrapped. Wow. So was there there anything in that experience that you could have done differently to, like, protect yourself there? Or, I mean, is there really – are your hands tied at that point? And does that happen pretty frequently? It does happen frequently, um, especially with young writers. And I was a a young, naive writer that was just like, I'm – going on the Warner Brothers a lot frequently. Mm. I get to, you know, see all these cool things and, like, talk to studios and, like, this. Mm. I mean, I'm living the dream in my eyes. Like, you know, right, like, right, right, right. And th- that, to me, was why I was taking it in stride. But, like, realistically, there wasn't really a whole lot we could have done because they knew what they were doing. It was just like, okay, well, yeah, you guys keep writing this and we'll, mm. we're going to use this when we're ready to. And, mm. you know, when you're trying to get into the industry, that's not an opportunity you just go, no. Like, right. you know give me an nda or give me an agreement like even my our agent was just like we're not going to demand that that's stupid yeah like you guys are just gonna yeah because then you'll just get scrapped right yeah because then they'll just be like never mind yeah (laughs) and he was just like we're not gonna screw this up because you guys have a great story and we did it was a great story and it's not the one that got put out because the one we put out was more of a political thriller Mm. that you know was more about wonder woman like i mean our opening page was wonder woman assassinating the president of the united states Mm. like which whoa I mean, Damn. yeah, it was just like it was this political thriller of like learning who she is and where Themyscira is. And there was a lot to it. But um, it was just something that they just went the opposite way. Then Captain America came out and it was just like, oh, Wonder Woman should take place in World War One. You know, when, mm. you know, Steve and Diana originally met, which, yeah, I get it. They wanted to go by the comics, but it's just like everything that had been planned for the last year and a half to two years just went away. Went out the door. Yeah. Damn. So uh, what um, what aspects from the. The current Wonder Woman um, uh, ended up in the film where you're like, oh, that was what I did. Oh, there are many, many scenes. We can talk about that when we're not recording. Yeah. <laughs> cool. There are some things, yeah, we yeah. still can't talk about, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, shit, I had a question. Hold on. Did I you? Had a, I had a follow-up to that, but I <laughs> can't that, remember we're what We're going to ask that, that court, again. That oh, no, that's it. what it was. The studio, the studio turnover. So is that because of the bad reception they had been getting to DC stuff. Cause I know DC, like but you and I've talked about DC movies, right. And like Snyder and all that stuff. So like, obviously DC was great with Christopher Nolan. And then it's been just kind of on this weird kind of path. And so like, was that kind of part of the studio? Um, or no, that was that new studio head that came in at the time was a big reason for that. Yeah. But uh-huh. I mean, a, a lot of that is that, See, Marvel succeeds because Marvel, for the most part, has the Kevin Feige Kevin calls Feige the comics, the, and he yeah. lets his directors do, for the most part, besides Ant Man, do what they're going to do and let them have it and do it. All right, and whereas DC will tell like David Ayers and you know Zack Snyder, they'll be like, "Oh, you guys just go get it done," and then they'll come back with like this two hour and thirty minute cut, and DC will be like, "That's too long." And or Warner Brothers, the their worst enemy is their editing room. They'll go in there and like Suicide Squad, like that movie David Ayers, like Jared Leto filmed 43 minutes of footage for Joker and he's in the movie for seven minutes. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like Joker was second billing and there's a whole story that Will Smith had something to do with that, but that's a whole other thing. But like there's the idea that like you look at like the original Justice League, right? And what they did to Zack Snyder in that regard. And then you look at like even – I mean – Aquaman looked good and Shazam was great, but like you look at those stories. I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 is a clear story of it. Like 
the editing in Warner Brothers is what has caused them their biggest troubles, mm. not their storytelling or their acting. It's just like if you would just let the creators put out what they intend to create. Like you watch yeah. the Snyder Cut and you're like, this is four hours long, but this is exactly what I wanted from a Justice League film. I don't care. I'd sit in a theater for four hours for this. Yeah. Mm. And Warner Brothers was afraid of that. And they wanted the Avengers money so, so bad. And the reason being is that DC has owned all their characters this whole time. I don't know if a lot of people don't know this, but like Marvel was going bankrupt in the late 90s and had to, had to sell off the IPs to their characters to all the studios. Yep. And so that's why you got Spider-Man at one studio, X-Men at one, the Hulk at another and stuff, because that was the only way for them to stay afloat. Otherwise, Marvel would have been done in 1999. There would have been no more Marvel comics, nothing. Mm. And so they had to do that, whereas DC this whole time has all their characters under one roof, has a multiverse, and Marvel's now doing very well. DC's is infinitely better but they just can't knock it out of the park I, because I they haven't been able to cohesively put together a line of stories that can work like marvel because they don't have that head or they have never trusted a head to be able to do that and somebody like a Zack snyder do you think that the reason for that being is it's like money hungry so because i in in my perspective of of seeing marvel kind of like evolve into what it is today you see dc trying to basically get ahead and basically be like, okay, like we need to be where Marvel's at today. And instead of taking the slow baby steps to get where Marvel is, they're like, what shortcuts can we take? Oh, to exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's so frustrating. I mean, cause I'm not a comic head and like everybody on the podcast knows that. Like, you know, to me, like I, I'm not huge into comics or even the, the films, but when I, when I think about watching a DC versus a Marvel, I would way rather watch a DC because I'm more of the like truest, the realist, the, like I like the dark aspect of, of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Same. I like the rated R's. I think that would be, you know, great to for DC to just be the only rated R, like, you know, like comic, like films. But it's just like when we watch them, it's just like it's so rushed. They're not developed. They just, they, they, they're trying to get on that Marvel money when it's like, if you just took your baby steps to get to that point, you could probably outdo Marvel. Well, that's it. You're right. A hundred percent. That's like, Batman versus Superman, right? Like, that was mm. supposed to be the Superman follow-up to Man of Steel. God. And then they're like, we're going to put Batman in this. And then if you watch the extended version, you're like, you know, I get what they're trying to do. This ain't bad. Okay, cool. But, like, the regular version they put out, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to put Wonder Woman in this too and set up the Justice League as well. It's like, guys, guys, like... like everybody slow down. Yeah, We, chill we out. already know <laughs> we don't need all this. Yeah, like, yeah. we're And they're going, well, we want Avengers money. It's like, well, earn Avengers money then. Right. Get yeah. there. Yeah, get like, there. Like, Avengers earn that they, money because amen. they set up all those characters. <laughs> get like, a Batman that's right. going to stay around for 10 years. Thank you. And do you, you think this guy's going to do it? What's his name? Robert Pattinson? <laughs> no, Robert Pattinson's already... His he's Batman out? is... No, no, no. He, oh. I'm sure he's going to be great. He's a phenomenal actor. Right. But he's also somebody that is not, I mean, his, if they go the route they're going, it's year one Batman for him, right. which just means that if they're setting up. Is it the year one story? Without too many, yes, without too many spoilers. Flashpoint, the new Flash movie that just got they got done filming, is going to set up this huge multiverse because Flashpoint sets up all these different yeah. timelines. Mm. Well, I've and seen the Flashpoint. These like timelines, the yeah, oh yeah, these timelines are going to, is what's going to explain. Oh, they're doing a Flashpoint movie? That's what the next Flash is going to be. Mm. They just got done filming it, and it's like it's going to set up all these timelines, right? And and these timelines it's are going to so, allow for different Batmans and different this and different wait, that. Would, it's so hard because you're, you're not setting up a, a good base to start this. Well, though. this is DC catching up and solidifying. Like instead of them like s slowly building that foundation with all of their single characters first, it's them saying, "So everything we've done and everything we're going to do." We can now have different Batmans and different this, and we everything we've done we can be different than, it by because this. Flashpoint happened before all of that, and so now all of that is explained through this. So now we have a foundation and a basis to grow off of. 
go. And it's like fixing uh. your mistakes, which is – I get it. It's a quick way to fix mistakes, but it's also a big way to make a lot of them yeah. too. So it's got to be done like an right. Easy way and out. I mean, Andy Muschietti, the director they got for it, is the guy that did it. You know, like he's a great director and all. Like he can definitely helm that and do it right. But it's the question that I still have is are DC and Warner Brothers going to let him put out the, the, the cut that he wants to put out? Mm. Yeah. Well, and he's always said it too. It's like they didn't, you know, the reason that Iron Man was so successful is because Robert Downey Jr. was on his way out. Like, th- this saved him. You know what I'm saying? And so he was committed to, I, I want to have this role. I'm here for it. Which I the original be- casting of that was actually Tom Cruise. <laughs> Dude, that totally makes sense. Tom Cruise, uh, yeah. Yeah, totally Tom Cruise sense. was going to be Tony Stark. And and it's funny because uh, Robert Downey Jr. only got paid ha- uh, 500 grand to play uh, Iron Man. Terrence wow. Howard actually got paid more than him. Got paid $2 million. Terrence Howard was actually the draw, not, not Robert Downey wow. Jr. How crazy! What a and crazy then he didn't story. Even stay. Well, no, because for the next film, Robert Downey Jr. got up to eight million, and Terrence Howard they wanted to cut his mm. instead of him yeah. getting up to four million. They wanted to not only cut, cut keep him at two, but cut it even lower. And he was mm. just like, "Yeah, no, no." But but I think with the Batman story, it's like you know they ha- you know they're getting all these actors that like they have a career still. They're doing they well. Get these and it's just been actors. Like, yeah, like, I always the, say that. Yeah, it's like, that's what you've always you get, said. Um, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck. You get like. When you look what they did for Spider-Man, you get Tom Holland, this kid who wants to play it, who's going to sign on for like 10 years. Right. You know what I mean? Like Chris Evans was like, he had some stuff, right? You know, I know yeah. He even did some DC, or no, he did uh, Fantastic Four, but you get him like in a good spot. You get all these guys and then like these people are big because of Marvel. And now they can do whatever they want to do. They have that, you know, credibility. Well, and that's and that's the, a big part of the yeah. studio system. It's just like yeah. you come in and do something for us and you do all these things and make credibility. Right. Then all those passion projects that you originally started with, exactly. you can now go make all of them. People are like, I'll go watch this because the name's attached. Exactly. That's a big reason why streaming services and VOD are so big because now if Chris Evans wants to make a little romantic comedy that costs $5 million to make, that thing's going to make $15 million on Netflix or on VODs, whatever, just because people are like, oh, he's in it. I'm going to watch it. Right. right. Exactly. But it doesn't like, even matter if it's good or not. <clears throat> I just think DC has a problem with like starting that. Like their casting is always they're trying to get that big one, you know, every that draw. Right. You know, but it's like Batman one. is the draw, not Ben Affleck. Exactly. Right. And that's that's all you need. Like the whole Robert Pattinson thing that people are like, oh, Twilight's gonna play Batman. It's just like, well, have you seen the dude act outside of Twilight? The, yeah. He's a phenomenal he's actor. Yeah, he is. Like yeah. he can get it done. But at the end of the day, like look at him. Will like, he stay? It's not even will he stay. It's like, does he look good as Batman? And is it going to be good? And are they going right. to let Matt Reeves do his take? Mm. Like if you look at him as Bruce Wayne and Batman, it's kind of like okay, I could yeah. I could believe this. Yeah, I, I actually thought Robert Pattinson would make a better Nightwing. From oh, like, he would have looked great. Yeah, how, he how, like great how he is. Yeah, and like like he kind of even looks kind of like that like emo boy kind of like sure. in some of the shots. So I was like, I thought Nightwing would have been super sick for him, but. You know, we'll take Batman. So, well, it yeah. was going to be him for Batman. It was going to be him or Nicholas Holt. So, I mean, those Nicholas are the Holt. only two that they had left. Who's that? Um, Warm Bodies. He played Beast in X-Men. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, came those two. I, I don't think I would have liked him. Yeah. Nicholas Holt's a phenomenal actor. He can get it done, but which would have also... Which actually might have made sense for him, because, again, we're talking about, like, you know, this role making it for that person. Yeah. I just think that they could get, like, some no-namer who's a, who is a fantastic actor, you know what I'm saying, and who is just kind of, kind of like the, the, the Tom Holland. Is that his name? The mm-hmm. Spider-Man? You know, he's just, like, you know, not a very... Big name. He's nobody. He's just getting when his he's, career he's started. He's so into the character. And, like, yeah. He loves Spider-Man, and which is so cool to see. And he's a good actor. Yeah. You know, like, it's just like, he's developed as Spider-Man, he's developed to be able to play the certain roles that he's playing now. And then once this whole thing is over and he's matured, like, he's going to be able to go do whatever he wants. You know what I'm saying? It's, well, and it's, it's, it's the idea that they're afraid. I mean, and that's why studio heads, 
they'd like to keep their job as long as they can. That's why we get so many sequels and reboots mm. and stuff because that's insured money. It's 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 money that we they know they're going to make and they could keep their job doing yeah, it. Now, if they risky. hire people that they don't know for stuff that might be big or might not be big or take risks, you don't have your job as long. Mm. And I get it, but at the same time, like with Wonder Woman, like it, we took forever to get it off the ground just because they were telling us, like, uh, we're not quite sure if people will come watch this. Mm. Like, she's the biggest female icon of all time, and we were being told by the studio that owns it, oh, we're not quite sure if people are going to come want to watch this. So ridiculous. Yeah. And it's just... Again, the name is so much bigger than, like, like you put a Wonder Woman movie out, people are going to go see it. It's yeah. Just, it, yeah, that seems ridiculous. So you've so you've done some, some jobs, and you've gotten to this point where you're now a CEO of your own company and stuff. <laughs> What is, I guess, what's next for you? What are your goals? What I mean, you know, you got you got a couple more years in this industry, right? Like, you know, you got you want to have a long, oh, yeah, this yeah, is it. Long, we're, we're, yeah, you want to have a long. I have a slate. So I have, I have like about fifteen TV shows and about thirty movies that I've written over sick. the last ten years, and most of those are ready to go to where we are going to start making them, and putting them out, mm. and that's that's the thing that we've come across the most is that a lot of production companies hire readers to look for stuff and look for material. And that's why right. Seth and I started this to begin with because Seth has watched my journey and I've watched his. Like, we both watch each other struggle and go through it in our own respects and our own businesses. And yeah. we both have just gotten to the point where it's like, why not, like, make our own stories? Like, and yeah. this is stuff where I have all these scripts written, so why not make them? Like, I know what the characters are. We don't have to spend the money looking for them or going to hire people to write them. Like, it, it would keep it in-house. And then on top of that, we can also hire the people we know people we care about that are friends of ours that we know can get the job done too. So that's where yeah. it came from. And then I, I mean, from here we want to, I mean, we joke that we're going to take over the world. We just need a year or two. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, well, I super, we, we love hearing. And the thing that we want to do with this podcast is uplift people and like, you know, mo motivate people and boost up people and stuff. So, I mean, we're nobodies right now. Right. But we have a vision and we're on that same grind. And so like to be able to like have you on and talk to your art and your creativity and your grind, I, I hope that people that listen to this are motivated by you. Right. I, I mean, appreciate because, that. Yeah, because I, so. I mean, there's gotta be somebody out there listening to this that likes to write, or maybe they like writing music or like whatever it is, whatever art thing that they do, or maybe they're good at painting and they're good at painting houses. Like, you know, go do your thing, right? Like to each his own, like we've said, I just, you know, I'm super thankful that you guys were able to meet Heck yeah, dude. to be able to get you on here yeah, and man. to be able to like share this conversation. I mean, if there's ever a time where you want to promote something, you know, like you're more in a promotion state of mind as opposed to like a conversation. It's like, Hey, I got this film coming out or whatever, like hit this dude up and we'll exchange numbers and stuff too, you know? So you'll have us. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, of course. We're love totally that. motivating, like motivated by you, you know, to, to, to see you do well. And I Seth, appreciate that greatly. And Seth, yeah. shout out yeah, Seth. Yeah, I'll have to bring Seth on here one day. Yeah, Seth, yeah, Seth, yeah, yeah. One of these days, maybe have both of you guys on here. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Have a I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just finding your passion. I always tell, I, I annoy people sometimes. Yeah. We were at Horror Nights the other night and I was asking these people I just met, like, <laughs> oh, what are you passionate about? And they just kind of looked at me, they're like, <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. And I'm just like, well, you know, if you can do one thing the rest of your life, money doesn't matter, what would it be? And they were yeah. like, who knows the answer to that? I'm like, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, that's hilarious. I ask that question a lot to a lot of people, especially individuals that are struggling with being like in a state of like the same you know they feel suck or not suck they feel stuck of course you know and they just don't know you know but well, it's like they don't nobody asks them that so it's good for it's good to have that question yeah, asked yeah. you know because it's like uh, i don't know nobody's like, ever they asked don't ask that. themselves that like they don't sure. like get to that part in their own yeah. head so it's nice to like have that i guess externally if, like yeah from anywhere you know what i mean to yeah. be like 
Right, I didn't think about that. Well, and it doesn't matter. Like, I think that we've been taught as a society to, like, you have to, you know, get to this goal. You have to be like this, you know, it's the keeping up with the Joneses thing. Like, whatever, F that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what makes you happy? Like, I've literally, I've told the story all the time. I've met people that like to pack groceries, that bag groceries, that Mm -hmm. get paid, like, 17 to $20 an hour, but that's their living. Do you want to know why? Because they like the way in which you have the foundation of the bag and you put stuff in a certain way to where when you pick it up, the bag's not going to rip. That gives them a, a thrill and a passion that nobody else can. And to me, I go, I, that's boring to me. But to them, it, that they love that. It's just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just like, if you can be passionate about something like that, like, I mean, you can find your passion. It's a matter of what are you here to do? Like, mm-hmm. you know, find that. Like, what makes you happy? Like, right. go after it. Like, I mean... And if you don't want to and you just want to live the same, that, there's nothing wrong with that too. Like, exactly. Do what you want to do, of course. But like, you know, I think passion is what drives us more than anything. Well, and like, you know, like kind of like you said, if money wasn't an issue, like what would you like to do with your time? You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like what is something that like you yourself, not anybody else, not your mom telling you or your grandpa telling you or whoever, you yourself, what would you like to do with your time? And if somebody could give you money for it and, you know. Yeah, it's great. Like, like why not go chase that? Because, I mean, if you don't do that, you're just going to be doing something else that you don't like for money because you got to make money. Like, of right, course. we have to have money to live, you know. You know, unfortunately, that's just how it is. And so it's like, all right, well, if I have to make money and if I have to live, then how can I kind of, you know, cohesively make this a thing? Exactly. And then be creative about it. You know, like we were talking – I was talking to one of my homies who, you know, loves skateboarding. But he's not the greatest skateboarder in the world. What in skateboarding – you know, skateboarding is a huge industry – what in skateboarding can I do so that I can be involved in, in a community that loves skateboarding? I'm surrounded by people who are like-minded. You know, there's branding, there's clothing. Of there's course. So many more opportunities that people realize Exactly. Out there. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so it's like, and then start from there. You start from, you know, wanting to be a skateboarder, but then you kind of work down this like funnel of, well, what's more realistic? What will make me happy? And then what allows me to be happy th- like th- while making money? You know what I'm saying? And if he really wanted to be, I mean, I no disrespect to him, I don't know, but right. like if he really wanted to skateboard that bad, like you have to like, when you are passionate about something, you don't even question spending day and night doing it. Right. You don't question the late nights. You don't question like it passing on going to parties or going out or mm-hmm. relationships. Like I've put off relationships for years mm-hmm. to focus on writing just because it's just like, this is what I want to do. And building this has gotten mm-hmm. me to this point, which I'm, I don't regret at all right. because you get there and you're just like, okay, well, this is what I'm passionate about. I want to yeah. do this. I'm not going to yeah. let this get in the way. And those of it. other things will follow later exactly. because you'll already have this foundation of this is my identity. This is who I am. And you'll love me or, you know, in a relationship in this space. Exactly. You know? And so it's, it's and that's priorities. It, it's figuring out that first, and once you have that, then you can move forward. And I know that that's not easy for everybody. I mean, it shouldn't be. Right? No, it's a hard thing. It is. It's a hard thing. But like when you have that, you know, foundation, it's like all those opportunities and and struggles. It's just it makes it worth it. You know, it's like kind of like we were talking. It's like the struggles and the anxieties that you go through as a writer, as a producer, now, you know, a CEO of your company. I mean, that comes with a lot of stress and anxiety. Oh, you know? sure. Like you're, you're self-employed, you know, and like, and now it's like my name on this art. I mean, it's way higher pressure, but it's a way higher reward also. Oh, sure. Before you know? it's like you sell a script and it's just like, well, my name's on it, but now like it's out of my control. So I'm just going to go make it. Like I've been paid, whatever. Like I yeah. can't do anything about it. Yeah. Sure. Those are my words written. So that's to be interesting, but like yeah. I can't, now it's like, you're not just written by, it's produced by. So now like all of the decisions being made, mm-hmm. like you get final say on that. We're just like, okay, now you have to make sure that from the top down, everything works. Cause if not, you're the, you're the person, you're the buck right. stops with you. Yeah, like, it's your name on it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's changes. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's just, yeah, that's another, uh, 
uh, like season that you're in of growth. You of know course, what I'm saying? Like this course. is like this is another like place that you're in. So it's going to be really interesting to see you in five years and in ten years to see like where you're at in this whole like scope of things. So I'm looking forward to like having you back on here and just Definitely. continuing like conversation and dialogue. And watching your movies and shows. Oh, yeah, I appreciate sure. that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. have. I'm, I hope sooner rather than later. Yeah, man. I mean, seriously, like we, we're we're excited about you know having more guests on here now. Like you kind of see this kind of like setup. I mean, it's like it's on its way up, and we're in that same space of like now. It's like we're able to like not focus. The first season, we kind of focused on ourselves and like really developing like the conversational yeah. aspect, the technology aspect. But now it's like the whole reason we got this thing going on is because we wanted to have conversations with other people to have listeners hear things that like of normal everyday life, you know, like you're a pretty average person, right? They're just an everyday person. We're just everyday people. We have dreams and aspirations, or we're, you know, we're, we're, and we're out there getting it. You know, it's like, you're not just letting it pass by. No, you have to every have day. To. And yes, there's I mean, rest when you can't, but like, yeah, that's something yeah. that like, if you love it and go after it, yeah. like no matter what it takes. Yeah. Like one of the most inspirational things I ever, I ever watched. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's, it's a music documentary called Artifact. Mm. Um, it's about 30 seconds to Mars. Jared Leto mm. talks about um, making their, their album um, when they were sued by the record company for 30 million mm. and this documentary, they were just going to shoot the making of their album. And while they were being sued and unable to make it, he had to fund the making of this album, his whole self. Mm. And so while shooting the making of this album, he chronicles this lawsuit and he talks about how you need to go to the ends of the earth for the things and back for the things that you love and bet on yourselves and, and your passion and whether it works out or not you can't think about it. you just have to do it because it's better than just sitting still or not going after it at all and it's a fascinating watch it also is a beautiful music documentary but it also it's inspiring to show you that like sometimes things can work out if you just bet on yourself and the people around you they're willing to support that mm-hmm. and i mean it's and that's what you're doing too exactly I mean, being ceo you're betting on yourself right exactly now. seth and i are just like let's do this like let's <laughs> bet on us and it's just the the just the response just in two months has just been like out of this world like there's so many people that are just want to help and want to be accommodating or just like we see what you guys are doing we love it how can we help in any way we want to be a part of this and it's awesome it's fascinating that's what yeah. just kind of lets you helps you realize like okay so what we're doing is right we're on the right path here yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome man well yeah. we're praying for you and we're looking we're, we're in your corner you know what i'm saying yeah. we're, we're your we're your uh your team over here Big small talks. We really appreciate having you on here. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. First yeah. episode of season two. Yeah. Oh yeah, Man, wow. Yeah. Happy season two. Yeah, happy premiere. season two. Yeah, boys. So, yeah, we'll definitely have a, you on again. I think it's man. a good spot to end. Do you have anything that you need to plug in? Is there like a website or anything like um, that that people can City like? City Light Studios. Okay. Um, we actually just launched the website, so I'll link it. I'll put it in my on my Instagram. Yeah, and okay. we'll we'll put it in the description of this podcast on YouTube and all That'd that kind of stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, awesome, man. Well, thanks again for coming out here. And it's uh, so your Instagram and all that's just your name, just Justin C N R D. Justin C N R D. Yeah, apparently well, somebody in Australia has my actual name, so you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's we'll, a fun we'll, story. We'll, I have a yeah, doppelganger we'll in Australia. So you once you get big enough, you're like you just buy it out. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? Yeah, I hope. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, or you just keep the one and once you're blue check marked, you're yeah, like exactly. Like a, yeah, that's okay. the next step. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll make sure to link you up in here. So if anybody wants to like research you, I appreciate that. Thank you. We'll make sure yeah. that. Alrighty, everybody. All right. Peace. Later, folks. Cheers. Cheers.